Oh, it is November 21st. Yeah. And, and happy Dishonored Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would support that. Oh, God, gross. <laughs> oh, they celebrate that on American Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, they celebrate that the day before American Thanksgiving. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Is it? It's really funny. I mean, I happy think it's... Happy Dishonored Labor Day. It's one of those things that... <laughs> happy Dishonored Bastille Day. Um, I, happy Dishonored Arbor Day. Yeah. It's one of those things that three people on the planet think are funny, and those people just happen to be this on the, yeah, three podcast. on the podcast. Dishonored Greenpeace? Yes. Because they have all that they whale shit. They got that whale fat oh, garbage. Right. If yeah, there yeah, is yeah. a Dishonored Greenpeace, they're not good at their job. <laughs> <No. laughs> well, they're just the annoying, like, oh, God, I got to get my... Uh, dishonored Greenpeace. They're called that also. <laughs> all the, probably all the like... <laughs> Weirdly, nothing to do with the world Dishonored. They're just... They were there was just a scandal several years ago. So oh, it's those dishonored Greenpeace guys. Greenpeace, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they're dishonored now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you have me? But it's a thing. It's just right sort of there. understood that if you're a public official in the world of dishonored, you have sort of just a yearly like kind of um, keeping up appearances donation that you make to dishonored Greenpeace just to kind of keep things above board. But like in secret, you're just fucking killing every way. You're just slaughtering <laughs> whales like a fucking madman. But you've got you have right. to like you have to you know kind of buy into the. Mm. Like oh, it's very important to support. We dishonored we support Greenpeace. dishonored Greenpeace, yeah. despite their past. Uh, right? You know. Yeah, you have to. You're magnanimous. You're deliberately publicly magnanimous yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. That's why the game's called Dishonored. <laughs> it's named after Dishonored Greenpeace. Yeah, the disgraced charitable uh, uh, anti-whaling yeah, anti-whaling organization within the world. Yeah, yeah. It's a, if you read the books, if you read the lore in the game. Oh, yes. it's in the Dishonored expanded universe. Yeah. The ex- no, no, no. It's in the it's in the books in the game. Like if you oh, if you like read all the things you find I out. I think about you meant the Dishonored novels, which, I, which I'm yeah. looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Timothy Zahn Dishonored trilogy. Well, there's a there's the prequel trilogy about re, about Greenpeace. Um, this is the pre-Dishonored Greenpeace years. So, oh, it's a, if you want to find out about the fall, maybe of, we're learning the actual origin of the Dishonored universe is that it is actually our world. And then once <laughs> oh, when Greenpeace becomes Dishonored, uh, oh, no. when they discover that weird whale fat right. shit, yeah, yeah, it's boring. Girls don't wear skirts anymore. Yeah, that that's part of the scandal Everybody for sure. Pants. Yeah. Stupidest shit. What are we talking about? Dishonored yeah, Greenpeace. Dishonored Green Peace. Peace. Okay. Happy Dishonored happy, Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy Speed Pig. Oh, that's what they call Thanksgiving. <laughs> no, they, they don't call it that. It's just what they say. Right, right, right. right. Oh, it's like Father that, Christmas. That's their, sort of, that their sort yeah. of just cultural yeah. greeting on Thanksgiving. Yeah. On like how we call it Turkey Day. Yeah. They say, like, oh, happy Turkey Day. They say, oh, Speed Pig, Gobble Gobble. 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 Yeah. <laughs> It's like Leap Day Williams. some stuff in a sewer. Yeah. 
you'll see that in the in the Dishonored DLC. You'll see Speed mm. Pig Gobble Gobble written on the walls of various in really nice font. Yeah, yeah, their graffiti fonts too clean. The Dishonored guys, it's just in that world. Everyone has really good penmanship. Yeah, that's true. That's all that it is. End line quality. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, sure. Double sounds. Oh, I thought you were singing the theme song. It is double XP weekend. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm trying to get, get out of here. Get your double XP and blops. But it's not. Did you know blops sold $500 million its first day? Blops yeah, 2. It's the biggest one. <laughs> Bigger than Halo. It looks like you back the wrong horses. When the Halo 4 giant title card comes up, the the, the lineway on the floor, just my brain read it as Halo. Halo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Halo. <laughs> and it's like it's like a Sam Raimi style, like, boom, like in your face sort of the thing. Ha- the- oh, it's the most underwhelming one of those, though, because it sort of pans up the space, and then it just like... The word, the Halo title card comes up, but there's no sound stinger, and then it just yeah. kind of like it, it seems almost like it might have faded up a little bit, like their scripting language required the title, the UI yeah. to fade or something. <laughs> so it kind of just goes, uh, Halo, uh, uh, and then it faded away. I was bummed. I actually, you know what, I was like, that fucking title card would have been better. It would have been better if they would have just gotten Steve Gaynor to just go, Halo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel oh. like the halo logo is the bad? original one well the original one's fine like it's just what it is right but then like the more numbers and stuff they put on it the more it just falls apart like it's just not no it's, it's not a robust typeface that you can yeah. just write anything in it looks right, like garbage right. you know like whereas like gta you could put a number after that forever oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well the new did you guys see the gta 4 the new five. gta 5 trailer yeah yeah like the moment where the the logo type comes up is amazing like it yeah. just yeah. still looks so good god oh. ray larrabee what is that the guy who designed it yeah i think so at least yeah. he was the visual designer at rockstar for a while and he makes a bunch of good fonts that's awesome yeah i mean it but it's also just the price is right logo the grand theft auto no, logo is literally no no i know it's it the is. best but it's but it's not just that God, it's, not just, goes, it's not just when the, the, when the grand yeah, theft auto like, comes up and then the five and the v and the little like banker's yeah. note uh yeah. lettering it's amazing <laughs> and the thing that's so great about that like that moment in the but then also just the way that trailer is scored in general yep. is yeah, their yeah. choices of Both. like what beat to bring things in on because they don't the, most game trailers just do the like bum Bum. Oh, yeah, no. The rhythm of the, the, rhythm one, of the new like, GTA 5 trailer is really it's good. Re- it's fucking good. The, both both GTA 5 trailers have been really solid, I think. Yeah, I know. The one that had yeah. the crazy synthesizer, like, psychedelic rock soundtrack yeah. in it. God, yeah. Well, in the new one, the new, like, the Stevie Wonder track in yeah. that one was fucking good. God, those guys are still so much better at that than at just anybody else yeah. in this industry is. I They're, kind of am excited about GTA 5. I am, too. <laughs> I'm fucking stoked to play GTA 5. if there's any way we can all play together. Like, the, the fact that it... We could have seen GTA Five. Oh yeah, yeah. hot seating. I hot seated. Um, uh, what was the huge one? San Andreas. Yeah. Mm. Like the look of it. Also, the three protagonists are like, interesting and also frustrating. Mm-hmm. Just they're cool. Like it feels like those guys are getting more and more comfortable with just putting weird dudes. Yeah. As the person you're controlling, but it is frustrating that there isn't a girl out of three fucking guys. GTA Four and Five have now had six yeah, protagonists. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all dudes, but like. GTA, uh, Nico, is that his name in 4? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was cool. And then I didn't play the two expansion packs, which sucks because those both seemed actually pretty interesting and actually oh, kind of more yeah. narratively bold than, even, than mm-hmm. GTA 4 was. But then this Let's intro this podcast. looks weirder. It's November 21st, 2012. This is Idle Thumbs 84. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And there's a dateline in there somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, fucking GTA 5. Yeah. And 4. The, just the way that they represent the soft my, – my, my single favorite thing about about the GTA 5 trailer and also about GTA 4 is just the way they represent kind of soft light 
in urban environments. Yeah, the lighting, that the lighting in the GTA, in the, the current gen of GTA games is ridiculous. It's so far afield of the just like super specular, like yep. crazy, <laughs> normal map t- to shit. It's just like. And part of that, I'm sure, is for is for technical reasons and this, just how huge those environments are. But a lot of it is also clearly just a deliberate, muted way to portray those environments. And I just think it looks amazing. Yep. Just no one else makes games that look like that. Or very know, few people do anyway. Do you know what sort of – it's back in San Andreas effectively, right? Five, I guess like, so, yeah. It's yeah, in yeah, San Fierro. Or what, what's yeah. the one that's the, in the south? What's the, what's the Los Angeles one called? I forget. The city yeah. in GTA world? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. It's that one, I assume, right? It's yeah, gotta be yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, California. I mean, it looks so much like I didn't grow up in Los Angeles, but I did grow up in San Diego, which is about an hour and a half south of Los Angeles. And it just the way that the accuracy with which they've captured just the feeling of just the way the light hangs Southern in the California air. Yeah. urban sprawl exactly is amazing the, just the, because the, it's the questionable so air density yeah. is exactly. captured yeah. really just the well. way yeah. the yeah. light just sort of diffuses through the smog when yeah. you're in LA. Yeah, like the moment you come over the grapevine. And like cruise into the city on the five or the one one, it just feels like LA. It really like, does. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and just the way people look, right? Like the way people dress, like yeah. the kinds of people you see if you're in an actual like city area in Southern California. Right. It just look. It's it is so spot on. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean the 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 density of tall buildings versus short buildings, like all those things. Just if you've spent, you know, I yep. spent ten ten years in San Diego, and like just. Yeah. Exactly like it. It's the same thing. It's amazing. It's appealing to me in a way that San Andreas wasn't for some reason too, and I don't know what that reason is. Hmm. But it's probably a highly suspicious reason. But I don't know. San Andreas was hit at the wrong time for me. I thought it was a cool game, and I was really impressed by it. But it just was like it wasn't part of my like. It was a PS2 game, and I wasn't like playing a lot of PS2 games at that time. And it actually, just... yeah, I, I was. I was really excited about San Andreas, and we've probably talked about this a little bit on the cast in the past, but because Vice City was my favorite GTA and probably still is. Um, I yeah. liked it. I liked it more than I four, even though I liked four quite a lot. No, I played GTA four the most. Four was my favorite. I played more Vice City than any GTA by a but ton. Vice City's number two for me. Yeah. And when San Andreas was coming out, I was like, fuck yes, more of this. And it's got San Francisco in it, which means hills. You can just go ape shit up and down, <laughs> uh, all that stuff. But then playing that game, it, it was the one GTA that's fallen into the sort of modern game design trap of spending so much time tutorializing you that you don't mm. actually get into it. Where like that game, yeah, it felt like it was like learn how to ride a bike, learn how to eat, learn how to run, learn how to get into a mm-hmm. car. Like okay, fucking Christ, you're, this is the third GTA game for this console yeah, generation. Right. Every like yeah. you set the standard for how driving works on modern dual stick mm-hmm. trigger controls. Like let me get in a goddamn car and yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking bomb up and down the interstate. Yeah. That's I well, and that was the I, stuff I, I that was all the those best games about hard that opened game. way yeah. more. Yeah. I just did, it was I could tell that there were hours and hours before yeah. it would just it would unlock a goddamn interstate highway mm-hmm. for me. So, I ended up getting just far enough along that I could jump into a river and try to swim away across. Right. The, the game just turned yeah. into about 2 days of me running away from the National Guard as I tried to right. escape uh, <laughs> LA city limits yeah. just so I could haul up I5. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to actually do this unless I play Unless I spend like a weekend or a week worth of evenings on missions and I never played it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sad. Yeah. It also had too much of the bad mocap bro hug. When you go through those games, do you stay to a mission structure and just try to complete the missions? Or? I'm pretty fluid. Like I'll go back and forth. Like I'll have yeah. moments where I'll I'll play through a bunch of missions in a row and then I'll just, just stick around for one time. Like yeah. it's it's it Same depends way. a lot on the game and like kind of as you said, almost kind of just what gaming mode I'm in. Right. Just at any given moment. Like I think I actually completed all of them except for um, 
except for San Andreas, just because it was so enormous. Um, but I mean, GTA is so is funny for me because it's one of those series where I have there's a lot of things about it that are frustrating to me, and like a lot of unfilled potential in my like just to me, mm-hmm. you know, which doesn't mean much because obviously the things that I value are not necessarily the same things like the Hauser brothers value or whatever. But, but you know, like for me, I can always imagine a version of GTA that's even more just completely up my alley, but it's never the one that actually comes out. Mm -hmm. But there's enough stuff about them that I like that just no one else even bothers to try in a game that, that I just the feeling of soaking in an actual modern city. Yeah. That's totally it. And yeah, nothing touches it. No, absolutely not. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, no one even tries, and right? Like four and five just, seem like they're doing that to, to the fucking max. Like, right. just, well, that's why four was my favorite. Standing still in four, just fucking yep. strolling through New York in four was mind crushing. Yep. It was so good. Four, or like being underneath was, an L track and just having the weird graded yeah. like afternoon oh shadows over your guy. Ugh, so good. Like four was, also was less consistent and like <laughs> strong in its tone than GTA Vice City was, yeah. which I think is probably one of the reasons everyone likes. That's like a lot of people's favorite one, yeah. which makes total sense. Um, and four was a lot more scattered and weird, but. All of that city stuff was just so incredibly executed that I just yeah it was the one that was for me the most pleasurable to just exist in that city yep. and like it felt to me most like the one where I wasn't the most important person existing yeah. in the city yes which yeah. is the thing I loved about it you yep. know like it, I felt like I could just melt into the city in a way that you do in a city for real yeah uh, and I just I love that sensation I love that that's feeling. true it being a sort of like the immigrant story stuff yeah like just, yeah. you're not a boss yeah no, and so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how five will be with respect to it that. It seems stuff. with three protagonists, like we're probably going to get a mix. A I'm sure, buff. there's yeah, just going to yeah, be yeah, you're, sure. yeah, you're a dude or you're a lord. Yeah. Oh, you know what I also really loved was the GTA Four expansions, the Gay Tony and uh, and Lost and Dam. That stuff was fantastic. Yeah, we talked. You talked about so those good. a lot when you were playing yeah, them on the old no, cast. We did. We did. We did. Yeah. I wonder if there's. I wonder if they have plans to keep doing that kind of thing. It seems like that type of DLC, like Minerva's Den, is another thing that's kind yep. of like that. Although. It's different because the Geo is new and Merv is then. But um, I get the feeling that the Housers must – well, the, they must be into that because they put out GTA 4, then they put out Lost and Damned, and then they put out The Ballad of Gay Tony. And that must have resonated with them internally to some degree because GTA 5 seems like it's just going to be out of the box that to a certain degree where it is three separate stories all taking mm-hmm. place in the same city. Yeah. But I think the yeah. deal in GTA 5 is that you can indiscriminately swap between protagonists really? and between stories. Yeah, wow, I, that's awesome. I ugh. I remember hearing that, but I, I haven't actually read any yeah. previews on this. So I would I prefer be, that. I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I would really prefer cool. just give me a smaller upfront campaign, you know, that's like six hours, eight hours, and then just start feeding me like short stories, essentially. Yeah, like, I don't I, think that's what it's going to be, though. I would love that, though. Yeah. Or if, if all those of those three stories are. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past about know. how it would be really actually sweet and Rockstar would never do it. But if you got a Lost and Damned length like primary campaign effectively that, or yeah. like you just got a, a multi-pack of, of those, but yeah. this game, well, that's what I wanted. That's what, when I started playing dragon age one, that's what I was really hoping that game would be. And I still think that would have made for a stronger, I liked dragon age one, but I thought it could have been way, way cooler if they would have just doubled down on that origin stuff and mm-hmm. just been like, actually depending on which combination of class race and gender you play, which is already fascinating that like every single one of those variables makes for a different experience. Um, if they had, if those were all like set at the same time or something Mm -hmm. and you, and the the entire game, instead of like an hour and a half of that, and then a million hours of just RPG stuff, like if each of those had been like four hours of that, and that was just the whole game, I think that would have been amazing. Mm -hmm. Like just incredibly cool. Yeah, totally. I like games that are short. Yeah. That's why, I mean, 
Also, we didn't plug it on the podcast or anywhere because we're really bad at doing this, but we played Minerva's Den with Steve on our Twitch oh, yeah. channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's up there, and it is pro- I mean, this is no slight to any of the Twitch streams we've done because they're all really interesting and awesome in their own right. But I was the most captivated moment-to-moment sitting next to Steve and watching him just play the game and talk about it. Like, it's awesome. It's Had like, you actually completed Minerva's Den before? I never finished no. it. Okay. No, no, no. He saw the ending for the first yeah, time. Yeah, so it was great. And the ending of Minerva's Den is good. That's really great. It's really wonderful. So you can spend like two and a half hours and watch the entire story of Minerva's Den with Steve. And uh, we, we try to shut up during the, um, the, the logs and stuff. The logs and stuff so you could follow along. And uh, yeah, that's up on the Twitch channel. So check yeah, it out. That was cool. Yeah, it's really, really good. Yep. I was I mean, just oh, okay. go ahead. No, no, no. I was gonna change the subject. <laughs> That's fine. Oh, I was gonna change it back to GTA five. That's fine. I was just looking up a little bit of stuff about it, and it sounds like the three protagonists are at least on the missions that it talked about on the Wikipedia page, are spatially near each other. Like you switch between people within a mission, which is really fucking weird. Whoa. Somehow. Whoa. That's mechanically weird. That is so bizarre. now it makes I, I just don't I know wonder, enough about are GTA they have five. Co op co op campaign? I don't know anything about that. We're, we're bad for not doing our homework on GTA 5 apparently. Oh, I was I didn't even know we were I didn't think we were going to talk about it. I know, but so, I mean yeah. like I've I've been interested in it since the trailer came out, but I yeah, haven't yeah, looked yeah. at anything in it beyond the trailer and that either. one sentence which was Nobody listens you, to this for news. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. But if you, you know. go read it yourself. Yes, you have the fucking internet. The internet exists. <laughs> Sorry, just the little the little morsels that I've heard about GTA 5 in regards to that stuff make me really interested in hearing what the hell they're doing because that sounds fundamentally uh, different from other GTA stuff. Even if it's even if it's a failure, like I'm really glad it's something different. Yeah. <laughs> It'd yeah. be so easy to just be you're a new guy. Yep. And here's a fourteen hour campaign. Go. Didn't GTA That's four really come cool. out pretty close to the beginning of this console cycle? Uh no, it was like a couple yeah. years after the, the this Xbox has been out for six. Oh god, it's been seven years. Seven years, yeah. So I think it came out like five yeah. years ago. Yeah. I was still in LA because I went and got it at midnight. <laughs> and, and I had just joined Twitter, so it was 2007. Huh, okay. Yeah. You were ahead of the Twitter thing, ahead of the curve. I guess. I don't know. I was like 09, early 09. I, mm. I think that's right. I don't know. Somebody right now is on the forums telling me. Again, a thing that anyone in <laughs> find out in two seconds. Yeah, yeah. Through the exact yeah. same medium through which you're listening to this podcast. But yeah, that Xbox has been out for a long ass time. It really has. Yeah, played some of it last night. Oh, I was going <laughs> to talk the about first time in a year. It, the that is true and really weird. But the yeah. consoles being out as long as they have is really weird, and it seems like it's revealing. Like, doesn't the games that exist at this exact moment in time feel like they are the product of there being no new hardware for just for, sort of for AAA devs to latch onto? Like this, the, well, the thing that's frustrating to me is it feels like the stability should mean that people are doing things that sound like the line items that we're talking about for GTA 5, where you're taking your game and doing weird shit with it. Right. But it feels like what's actually going on right at this exact moment is that a lot of people are in a holding pattern waiting for new hardware to come out. I don't think it's because of that necessarily. I think part of it's because of that. But I think maybe the more important part is that we're just... I mean, the way that the world is going and like the... The, I think the way the places and people are playing games and the way they're paying for games, et cetera, et cetera, means the number of games, the number of big AAA games that can be successful is just falling. Like the ones that are successful are as big or bigger than ever. But, but it's like we have this very constrained. We I, admittedly, a lot of the rest of the landscape has changed, but we also had about three loops of five year console cycle. And mm-hmm. we're well out of that at this point. Yeah, like we've left that true. orbit entirely. So yeah. the cycle of 
launch games, mid games, late games, which are then getting hyped up for the next huge rev of hardware that creates another buying frenzy. It just isn't happening right now. It feels like I'm not, I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever, but I think and you think that's impacting people's buying habits. I think it's impacting buying habits and I think it's impacting publishers who don't know what the hell they're supposed to be doing with this many entries in their major franchises on the same hardware platform because you don't have the instant stupid bump of it sounds better. It looks better. You play it different. Right. Use this game as an excuse to try out the new hardware that you've justified buying to yourself. Like right. we don't, none of that automatic marketing has existed for like the last two years when it usually historically has mm-hmm. in the, in the, sort of just cycle of AAA dev, it's, it's, it feels weirdly untethered. Yeah. Like Halo 3 ODST and 4 is a lot of Halo for it's, – it's one extra Halo. And Reach. <laughs> and Reach. It's a yeah. fuckload of Halo. Yep. Like that's – it's twice as much Halo as you got on the original <laughs> Xbox. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, th- yeah. I also think I, – I think you're probably right. I do think though there's but that's, an there's, additional compounding thing, which is just that I don't think anybody knows – where like I don't even think we know what the next generation looks like as compared to the way that we definitely knew how sure you know yeah. like the well the the place that just computers and even just specific like specifically PC gaming but also just people using computers as multifaceted devices also yeah. obviously everyone has a computer that's as goddamn powerful or more powerful than the original than like the previous console generation in their, in their pocket, pocket. Yep. so yeah things are things are fucking weird right now but and, and you, there was a there was an article there was an interview I don't remember where it was from but the, I saw it on Gamasutra with Tim Sweeney from Epic Games talking about the upcoming console cycle and he's like yeah I mean we're pretty hopeful that the next generation of AAA games will you know, only cost about twice as much to make as the current ones. And it's like, that's your hope. That's like your optimistic hope is only twice as much. Who are we going to sell twice as many? Like, how is that possible? How is that sustainable at all? Like, yeah. look how many studios have shut down in the last couple of years. It's just like, it's like the killing fields out there. Yeah, it's really I don't understand weird. what, like, I don't understand what people think they're doing. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's, uh, it's so, it's very strange to me. Like, I was flabbergasted when the news two days ago was that blop sold the most ever yeah. blops too. Well, right. It's ever. like these, this like rarefied so, right. group of like Assassin's Creed, uh, Halo is Assassin's Creed three doing really well financially. I, I don't know if three is, but Assassin's Creed has been one of those ascendant series. Right. I don't know. I don't know about three, but like, you know, the gears of war, Halo, um, call of duty, you know, that little like, group. I would say just, call of duty and blops are like in a world of their own like they're in the sort of a weird oh i know they class. are but they are and that class specifically that class but is but blops is like indecipherable the, call of duty is like the one percent of the one percent but it's still broadly like right, right, that right. untouchable group along with those others you know yeah i mean do you think do you think if you could wave a wand and just make the call of duty series extinct mm-hmm. that that billion dollars a year would like re, it would go elsewhere in the industry or do you think it would go I think to a lot of it, times? Yeah. I think a lot of it would go, would just not be other games. Like I mean, I'm sure a lot of it would be, but like, yeah, you wonder just, if, if just the call of duty series disappeared, if there are people who would just go, Oh, I remember when they used to make those. Well, I don't really yeah. just, I just don't play as many games as I used to know. They stopped making right, Yeah. That's my kind of right. wonder. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to, it's just more of a yeah. talking point. They're all of, buying gravity bone and 30 flights of loving two pack <laughs> now available for Macintosh. That's true. I'm on Mac. Yeah. But I, but I do think that there's, I think it's a lot, Less extreme than this, but it reminds me, it, a totally different audience, of kind of how the Wii had this crazy explosion for its first couple of years, which I think was people who just saw 
the Wii as like the Wii Sports device, right? Like right. in the same way that I think there's a lot of people who like they buy the new Call of Duty or they buy the right. new Madden, but, then but they don't see that system as like that, a platform. Well, yeah, that, stuff yeah. didn't keep filling that niche or yeah. that niche, and there yeah. wasn't demand. But those, yeah, those people didn't suddenly spend their Wii dollars on right. Bleh. In the same way that I on think the, the people, who, yeah, I think a lot of the people who play Call of Duty online are just until the next Call of Duty comes out, and then they play that one. Yep. Like they're, I mean, maybe they're buying a couple other games per year, but they're not like investing broadly in the platform and like buying yep. a bunch of other things yeah. for it that with and also you have to too. sort of be like a very specific type of curious like to find other games if you're that player i think mm-hmm. you have to be sort of plugged into a, a level of the game's sort of marketing machine and media machine that you're probably not yeah you know you have to be willing to part with anywhere between 30 and 60 dollars for something that you don't know if you're going to like mm-hmm. you know it's actually you know what i mean jake you know what you said about the like oh when they used to make those call of duty um, my brother is a good example of that he's someone who like pl- we played some computer games when we were growing up and like he played he played some now and then and like I remember a couple years ago he's like yeah I used to play that Call of Duty but then they stopped making it for PC so I don't really play games anymore and I'm like what do you mean they, no it's on you can get on PC he's like oh the commercials all just say Xbox on them so I just assumed it wasn't on PC anymore <laughs> and he's that exact kind of person that you're describing which is like he's not going to go read a gaming magazine like he's not going to go like research this stuff he just he's not like a gamer. But there was this one little thing he enjoyed that he would get, you know, if he knew it was available. Yeah. And like the fact that Microsoft just, you know, they have all those deals where the advertisements all have the little boop Xbox 360 right. yeah. at the end. And like he just sees that and he's like, oh, I guess that's just what it is now. It's on 360. Yeah. I don't have one of those. Those ads are also crazy because the exact same ad can exist with the two different publisher logos on them, just depending on who's subsidizing that right. exact version of the ad. Like yeah. the shot, the white studio shot of the console on the game box at the end and the tag at the beginning. Meh. Someone just underwrites it differently. Yeah. It's yep. weird. Microsoft is way more aggressive about that stuff, yeah. though. Like, yeah. you see those on 360 all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I guess, I mean, I think that's... It doesn't feel like the PC gaming market is... I mean, people talk about it not being, like, you know, what, what 20 years of it and the decline or whatever, but that's obviously not true. But it's... this. I don't know. Have somebody who'd gotten a PC gaming over the past year, it's sort of like this light bulb moment where, like, oh, my God, it's all... Wow. Like, between Steam and just having this really like this machine that I can manage, it's totally functional and like I know how to fix it and like it's really not that hard to get into and I can buy a game for 10 bucks during a Steam sale. I can fi- play these indie games like 30 Flights of Loving. Um, uh, it's sort of this, it's this revelation and this sort of discoverable moment but there's yeah. obviously because it's PC and Valve isn't out there pushing PC as a platform right. the way Xbox is, right. although they could, they could afford to obviously yeah. but they don't. It's it's funny. They it's will. also really funny when you when you talk to people who are like professionals in the game industry, but maybe on the publishing side or maybe yeah. sort of on the biz dev side who just don't really consider Steam. Right. They're always like, oh, I've had those conversations before. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, I had one yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was really. But then bizarre. it's funny being at a company like Double Fine where it's like, oh, this is actually where we make the money. <laughs> like yeah. this is actually where where people are buying our games. Like it's, I mean, not that people don't buy them yeah. on console, but like. I mean, it's just with Double Fine in particular. That was it's a weird thing because, like Tim Schafer's legacy is totally with PC games fans, and yeah. it for its first decade, Double it's, Fine. Well, it's it's yeah, it's felt like for years, and I I feel like I, I always wondered if Double Fine had a false perception of the reality of PC gaming because of this, because its loudest, most sort of ardent people 
are like they started off as the adventure game people were like tam make a new adventure game make it for pc and then it turned into like it sort of probably cross-faded into make psychonauts and make it for pc and then it sort of cross-faded into why isn't your whole lineup on steam and i wonder if internally that always felt like oh it's that one little group to be fair for its first 10 years, well, all of those, deals. yeah, those were all publishing. Yeah, that's decisions. what I was going to say. Those were not it feels like that's all on the sure, publisher. Sure. But it, 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 it always felt like they were a console first studio because they, they did get founded sort of in the sort of, mm-hmm. in the like early 2000s kind of PC yeah. slump right. in a way. Yeah, when PS2 is the biggest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, it's funny to look at the comparison between that and now. Like we announced our Amnesia Fortnite thing the other day, and that's just like, Download a bunch of crazy PC prototypes, like help choose what PC prototypes we're going to make. Like it's all like the amount of focus we're putting on PC now as compared to like it's five cool. years ago is out of control. Yep. Yeah, it's PC games are weird. It's just funny that like my mom knows what an Xbox is, but my mom doesn't know what Steam is, you know? No mom well, because there's yeah there's is. been no yeah. there's been literally zero outreach right it's just to, funny even yeah. when really Valve does big national advertising campaigns it's for the console side yeah right. like yeah. Portal Two Leopard Dead Leopard Dead Two well Leopard Dead Leopard Dead Two or EA which was the yeah. not PC SKUs but Portal Two was a self published self funded ad campaign wasn't it I don't know it didn't have all the EA logos all over it like Leopard Dead did I mean, I mean, the console versions PA, were still published by oh were they were the EA partners okay yeah and they had the the PS3 integration stuff that was a big deal yep. But they, that's they, true. They made a bigger deal about that. Than they, they didn't did talk about, about it publicly a ton. Though. I mean, it was in the gamer press, but like none of their marketing mentioned well, any they, of that. Valve stuff. doesn't really. Yeah, Valve doesn't really do like national mass market marketing, do they? For Portal Two, they bought ads. Portal Two was everywhere. Portal Two yeah. had had. Oh, you're right. Portal yeah, Two yeah. had billboards everywhere. It had at least like if yeah. you watched things like Hulu and stuff like that, there were yeah. like, the commercial spots for it. Yeah. Like it they went everywhere. crazy. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how how much Valve digs in against windows 8 like if they if they decide to start pushing like a crazy linux steam box as like a thing it it feels so specifically like they're going in that direction i know like, it Newell sort of just like you know like when <laughs> he's doing the thing that a dog does when it's sort of <laughs> When it's when it, when <laughs> Gabe it, Newell is doing the thing sorry, a dog does. It's, it's it's one of the things that always cracks me up about dogs as animals is when they when <laughs> it's when they do that thing that Gabe Newell does. No, you know, it's, Gabe Newell's like a brilliant billionaire, yeah. right? Okay, good. <laughs> like so we're clear. when when dogs are getting oh, agitated and they think they're going to start dog. barking. Jay Allen. You know what I'm talking about? When, so, okay, when well, a dog is getting agitated and it thinks it's going to start barking, it's sort of like its mouth flattens out and it just sort of goes. <laughs> <laughs> And then you and like Gabe Newell seems like he's in that mode right now about oh I see where it's just like where it's just like yeah just a little sort of champing at the bit yeah yeah just, and then at some point you're gonna get the and that's going to be like <laughs> oh fuck but like yeah where he just sort of like oh, he's, he's just getting squat and his tail's kind of tucked in <laughs> oh, God. this is a difficult mental image for me to <laughs> just to think about it in my mind yeah he's he's getting squat and his tail's tucked just in. a little I guess Gabe Newell salvation. is just a big old bulldog like he you know I mean, getting squat. <laughs> Gabe Newell is just, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Valve actually. If you're Gabe Newell, please write Jake at questions <laughs> <of thumbs up. laughs> and berate him for besmirching your your name. Um, yeah, I mean that's going to be a hard needle to thread if they if that's the you know what I mean like if that's what they start trying to convince people to do, that's going to be tough. Well, because what Valve would be doing is effectively what 
the Ouya and the Phantom and all of those guys have tried to do, which is right. make a weird semi-open. What is with that thing? Ouya? Ouya? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I'm skeptical of that thing, but I don't know. Who the hell knows? Uh, maybe it's yeah. great. Ouya. Who the hell knows? So, like Android-based console <laughs> yeah. or something? Yeah. 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 Open. open. I'm... They say open, but it's not really open, right? Because they still control the dev store and everything. Yeah. Cannot... I think you can... You can sort of like do the weird side loady things, mm-hmm. but like the yeah. main channel that everyone's going to use is a, right. is a closed one. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm very skeptical of that thing. Do what did you think last night? This booting up an Xbox for the first time in like yeah, that's what I was just about. Time. It seems like it's time to start talking like, about that. Just to seg into what we played from the platform experience, just turning on the Xbox was weird. Like, I don't. I don't like that experience very much. <laughs> I haven't played. I haven't played my Xbox in like. I don't even have one anymore. I haven't played it in like two years. Well, the thing about really. it, uh, I I haven't. Yeah, I haven't loaded up my Xbox in a bit. Um, I uh, I played a little bit of Fez, and that was the last thing that I played on it. Yeah, but, last thing I played um, on it was Skyrim with Adam. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing that was weird about it was it had been so long since I had plugged in, or since I had turned on my Xbox and signed into everything, and like also it had been. A, I know, like. Most people, I think, or quite a number of people who game on their 360 use it because it's the because of live, because of multiplayer. But I'm not really, right. a, I'm not a big multiplayer person in general, and I'm especially not a console multiplayer person. So, plugging in the Xbox, and I have the the pre-connect one, so it doesn't have Wi-Fi. Getting the wireless bridge, plugging that in, connecting it to the network, yeah. finding a controller, finding a headset that worked, installing two system updates. We were running all over that. Connecting house. to you on. Do you live. have batteries? Like, like Jake's like, oh, he comes to me, and goes. I don't have internet in my room. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Like, so we had to get a wireless switching bridge. between live, switching <laughs> Run between a wire. switching between system link and stuff. It actually just felt like we were playing PC games. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. I think because we I were mean, in the house and we had our internet was being shitty, so I ended up having to like run a wire. Yeah, we ended up, but like, like we were like, it was really choppy. So we ended up being like, oh no, we'll just do a, a we'll land. We'll play land. Game. And then it was like, you have open net, you have moderate net. And then it was like, oh god, like, oh, but you're god, using a bridge. And we're like, oh fuck, okay, like, you have wired net. We're like, what is going on? <laughs> it was insane. But yeah, so we both bought Halo Four uh, because, as promised at the very end of last week, we're going to start co-oping uh, the single player campaign of Halo Four. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that I couldn't play with you guys. Uh, you can join in though. Oh yeah, we got to get we got to ne- get an Xbox in the office. It's here. so weird. It's good. I like it, yeah, actually. I've been I mean, having a lot um, of fun. I'm having play, a lot of fun. But. Did you play... So before you guys start off on, like, the actual Halo 4 stuff, did you play Reach at all, Sean? Uh, you, I played the multiplayer beta of Reach. Because Reach was the first Halo game that I just got bored of. And I, I'm not saying that's because it's a bad game. I don't did really know. Did you have know. a jetpack in Reach? Oh, I don't you remember. Did the I don't remember. That was the... Oh, in the multiplayer, I forget. But, like, this, I compl- I've completed every single Halo campaign... Like at least once, in most cases, probably two or three I times. I completed one, two, and three. Um, I lo- you should play it. You should check out ODST. It's fucking cool. Really? It's the most to me. It's the most interesting yeah, campaign. In, ODST in is the, the one series. where you're not Master Chief, right? Yeah, you're like an ODST. You're like a recon guy, but it's all like these vignettes. It's like a, there's like a hub world, but then you branch off into a series of like flashbacks, and that's each. Oh, it's cool, out. and like I there's these probably, crazy yeah. like highly produced radio plays that are like their audio log equivalent, but they have like foley and sound effects and like. The really the most you know where audio log is usually just a guy talking into like a dictaphone basically. Mm-hmm. These the re, the ODST logs are like these really elaborate, like they feel like listening to a radio drama. It's mm-hmm. really just the whole thing just feels like it's just was made by like a crazy strike team in Bungie that like wanted to try a bunch of crazy shit and like it was very polarizing. Some people just didn't like how different it was, but I thought it was rad. Anyway, whatever. Um, uh, Reach was the first one. Like I. 
even Halo 3, which I thought was the weakest campaign out of any of them. Oh, I, still, I did I, not like that Yeah, I didn't like it, but I still yeah. played all the way through it because it's Halo. It's the only game that feels like Halo does. And and then by the time I got to Reach, I was by the time that game came out, I was just like, man, I played a couple hours of it, and I'm just I'm like, I, it's not, it wasn't bad or anything. I'm just like, I just, I, I don't keep, can't keep doing this. Yeah. And so I'm really, I'm like incredibly fascinated to like see what I think of 4. Four is weird. Is it weird? It's got some weird stuff in it. It's cool though. Cool weird. Yeah. Like that first person, like basically Nathan Drake style, like climb up that elevator shaft. Elevator shaft climb. That's weird. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a lot of set PC stuff like that? Um, well, we're also only in the first were, chapter, yeah, which we, I think is where it's going to be the heaviest like, on that stuff. You know, we but just went through the whole first. Someone section. was saying the co-op is different than the single player. It's campaign? not. No, I don't think. There, I went is, there is also yeah. a separate co-op only thing that you can run i think okay but, good i was gonna say that no, would be really disappointing we were just playing like first off <laughs> it just doesn't acknowledge your two master chiefs first off that's how they awesome. all that's how no, they all it's, are it's so good it's but hilarious no, 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 no. in three it's master chief and that alien dude that's true in yeah in, in halo Sweet. in halo one and like in the i don't know yeah we were just both master chiefs and it's yeah. fun um Wait, to, wasn't two the one with the alien no three was the one with the alien sidekick yeah okay. which one had the alien sidekick let's <laughs> Readers decide. <laughs> Sorry. I, I have only ever played a half hour of Halo 1 split-screen multiplayer. That is my only Halo oh my experience God. in my entire life. Halo 1 split-screen multiplayer. I know. That was your life for a while. Oh, but best. Yeah, Adam and I. I am a, a weird person to be co-oping Halo 4, I imagine, given that I'm just like, who's that blue hologram girl? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everyone in the entire world just goes, ugh. I am grossed out by the... Cortana shit in the trailers, like Cortana is literally just model her as just a fucking naked computer woman. Yeah, yeah. I I find it really. She lives in your pocket, though. Is that not? Is Cortana okay? Well, no, that's how she always is. But like in the older games, when it was just less high fidelity, it just looked less just overtly sexualized. Like it just she was less like completely head to toe rendered. Yeah, she sort of existed as sort of a mm, yeah. Just sort of a flat image, I guess, almost in your HUD sort of thing, and in your yeah. in your back of your mind, she'd show up in a hologram, but like it was really yeah. No, there's just sort of like a naked cyber lady. She that actually just pops out of your hand. She just looks like you're holding a Barbie. Does it does it seem as weird? Is it as weird in the game as like I? It seems like I don't. I just feel like there's. It just seems really just like a suspicious not the choice bone I'm to gonna, make. It's not the bone I'm going to pick. It's like yeah, sure. Yeah, you know enough. what I mean? It's just yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. is it lame? Yeah, but I'm like it. Uh, it also just blends in with everything else, which is just she doesn't sci-fi. Feel, I mean, the thing is, is she's not like. She's not like, she's not other be, than other she's than not being actual, all. Like, yeah. she's she a sexualized representation, right? She's just sort of like, but she also just, live she does female just form. stand still and give you. She doesn't tech like, information. Like it's yeah, not, she doesn't like. That you know just, what I mean? Even the way you're describing it doesn't like. I'm not. Oh, you've to, got this like little naked lady in your pocket who just gives you tech information. Like it's just, it's a waste also of called our, young male wish fulfillment. Yeah, that's, that's your what problem. I'm saying. It's, like, yeah, I don't know. That's it's a waste of our time to fixate on that. Yeah. All right. Just, yeah, yeah. it agree. is totally like in the context of the game you look at it and go oh, come on and then just sure you're just, sure, like, yeah, you just yeah, get yeah. Tim's tweet yeah. from yesterday was like pretty much yeah, completely, Tim Schafer posted a tweet he's like oh good. I really like this Halo 4 game they give you like there's a, there's a tiny stripper that lives in my pocket <laughs> <laughs> and that was it and it's like okay. yeah that's about it social commentary mate um, yeah but uh, the thing you and I were talking about this but just I haven't played a major triple A console game in quite a while like I but been, what you have done is made a game that is not that so when you're just right i've been working in in yeah. like the telltale tech like we're doing some like we deliberately stylize a lot of our art because of the fact that we don't have the back-end tech to power the sort of things that people are paying 60 dollars we just for don't do retail. bombastic expansive but like, things but also i just have 
like my PC has been acting up for quite a long time. I've been using my Xbox primarily for indie stuff. Same with my PC. And then at work, it's not the sort of games that I work on. So popping in like this month's or one of this month's big ass console right. games. Yeah. It's crazy. Jigs on the headset. <laughs> and I just hear him going like, Jesus Christ. Like, like, every, like 10 that, minutes that is so. a thing that I'm actually loving. Like yeah. I'm actually like just the bombast. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, it's also stupid. Yeah. Sure. But when you come out of a tunnel and it's yeah. just that expansive valley. Yeah, that's the thing that it's it's a thing that I haven't I mean the last time that I experienced anything like it I guess was Portal 2, which is just one of my favorite things about any first person game, especially first person narrative games and Far Cry 2 is uh just walking out into an amazing space. Well, Halo is all about that and it's yeah, great. Yeah. It's just fantastic. And the stuff they did a good job with 4. At least the And also, sorry. Yeah, no, just the the pacing of them and I was just going to say the pacing of this of the there's this really like wide breadth of of settings and milieus in the first like mm-hmm. the first chapter was 30 fun. 45 minutes yeah and you go from trapped in like corridors in a spaceship to climbing an elevator shaft to an expansive space like vista mm-hmm. like um right looking out with yeah. starships floating on the above carrier you. that you're in and then it almost sounds like the arc of halo one you know you start off on the little right. ship and like it feels very similar to the halo to that, world that's cool it, it feels very like, yeah. similar to that and then you end up down well, on then everything planet. everything that you just saw majestically in space crashes so you end up in this wreck like dark fiery sort of at night but like there's god rays and god rays and like light like the sun is coming through right. the haze it's, it's yeah. just if you fire if you want to live in an extraordinarily expensive, well-realized virtual space that is just filled yeah, with yeah. with sci-fi book cover majesty, you should yeah. play the first <laughs> yeah. chapter of Halo. 4. But I would look over, and Jake was like his like his Halo man, his Master Chief would just be staring up with like his gun pointed to the sky, and he just sort of like running forward and running back. <laughs> I know, I was like and running Come forward. Stand under this spaceship and look at the sun. Right look at, go, take take two steps left. Take two steps right. Watch that. Look, look at that God Ray. Look yeah. at that. Look at that. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Yeah. yeah, but like just two Halo guys, just sort of like. Dance, like, the hilarious like, like a weird upper body tango. torso perfectly still and then the little feet like going in the different directions as <laughs> yeah. you're strafing around that's yeah. one of the funniest looking things it's like yeah. an upward facing tango yeah hilarious. playing yeah. halo is a weird experience for me though because i generally <laughs> it's really good actually playing with jake is awesome by the way oh yeah yeah it's sorry it's like fighting a bear <laughs> it's like jake just go over there and make some noise so jake <laughs> just like faces right at the aliens and shoots them and throws grenades and i just right. run around because right. you're doing all the so like expansive stuff, you know yeah. like I halo just, maps are built for flanking like on yeah, large, oh, absolutely, like yeah, hundred yard, multi hundred yeah. yard flanks. Yep. So Jake I have, just I have goes no Halo AI combat acumen at all, though. Right. Yeah. So right. it's yeah. just like, yeah. Oh man, it's great that that guy's rolling for cover, and that guy popped a little glowy shield up, and then <laughs> yeah. I can go and melee him. I guess. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Sean killed everyone. Good. No, it's <laughs> good because he plays he plays Halo like the way you would get into a fight in Bioshock, which is just sort of like go straight on, switch a lot of do a lot of weapon swapping. Yeah. Whereas in Halo, it's not really what you do. It's sort of like jockeying for position and getting like in flanking. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Well, to play with God, Jake. and it's funny the things you guys say about the games you've worked on, and then for me, just thinking back to working on Bioshock Infinite, where like working on a on a um, a really combat oriented first person shooter game, there were so many. Like we looked at Halo so much, really, not because we're trying to like just copy Halo, but like uh-huh. there was so much. Just like Jake, you say, like oh, the guy like ducking for cover and like and doing the side roll thing. We in. Like, I remember capturing videos of all of that stuff, like, again and again and again for, like, to examine. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say too much about that process. But, like, it's funny hearing you saying going from working on Walking Dead into that and then me, like, because I haven't played a Halo game personally for enjoyment since before that experience. It's also playing, like, I've I've been playing some Dishonored. I obviously played Bioshock, Bioshock 2, played... um, Deus Ex 3. Mm -hmm. And those games are... 
all very different than Halo, but it was Absolutely, it was yeah. a fun reminder playing Halo how visibly clear enemy AI mechanics can be, at least to my personal brain in a shooter. Like Halo is fucking good at that. Mm-hmm. Like so it's all uh, their visual information, the, the clarity is, yeah, of the animations when enemies f- are looking for cover, when they roll into cover, when they roll out of cover, when they pop shields, when their shield mm-hmm. is turned away from you. Mm-hmm. Like it all fits inside of their cheesy sci-fi aesthetic, which is fun to be in. But just when guys like have a body shield or when you're hitting their armor, like it's, it's where, all stuff, bullet, where like shots are coming yeah, from. It's, it's all like, stuff that all, like, I'm sure everyone who plays Halo so takes well for granted. But to me seeing it, it's, it was, oh, yeah. it was a crazy reminder. Like it was just a fucking punch in my face yep. for keeping, keeping it harmonious from an aesthetic standpoint, but also having the readability be so goddamn high for no, these absolutely. encounters. And it's also all in arenas, which I was not yeah. really remembering. I mean, I, I don't take it for granted at all. It's one of the things that I think is uniquely cool. good about Halo. But it's also comes from a very deliberate, a different deliberate space than games like Dishonored and yes. Deus Ex 3, which come from that like weird looking glass-esque kind of muted PC thing. Yeah. And there's also the fact that the so much of that readability comes from the fact that Halo has a broad milieu of non-human enemies. Like working yeah. on working on Bioshock and, and like kind of looking at those lessons comparison, <clears throat> that stuff is so much harder to do when all your guys are sized and proportioned like human beings. That's true, but even just I'm firing at you, I'm not firing at you, I'm being defensive, I'm being oh, sure. yeah. I'm being offensive, I'm going for cover, I'm in cover, I'm out of cover. Mm-hmm. Just it is admittedly you can get away with a lot of that because they are aliens. So they can move in weird ways that clearly mm-hmm. accentuate yeah. that stuff. It's so clear and crazy. Oh, like, I know. No. It's one of the only yeah. games that I've played in a while where I actually feel like I'm aware of what the enemies that I'm fighting are doing. Whereas a lot of the time I feel like I'm trying to guess what the designer is trying to tell me that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it makes that makes me feel dumb. Yeah. And I am dumb. But part I'm of that baby. is also... Nick part, Brecken's telling me sure. that I'm a fucking baby. Part of that is also, though, that the designers of Halo know exactly what every player is going to do, which is kill these guys. That's true. You know, like they can totally be, they can be very telegraphy because they're all telegraphing against the same intent. God, when you Halo know, like, five has a, a full, has the possibility for a ghost playthrough. Right. Well, and there are, and there are definitely moments in Halo where they, the designers clearly intend that. And those never work as well as they would in like a dishonored or something. But yep. that's just not what those games, that's not what the core systems are intended to, to provide. But I do totally agree with you that, at those things that Halo tries to do, I mean, to me, it's like far and away. I mean, there's just nothing. There's no other game that I think is even close. Like, no. I think, I mean, Halo is really the one series that is about combat and nothing else mm-hmm. that I care about. Right? Like, I just don't. That's not a. That's not like a just gameplay paradigm that I, is just like interesting to me now. Except, I will always be up for playing Halo because it's, it's, it's just so. so it's, it's also. So good at it. I mean, this is going to sound like a really dumb thing to say. Can't wait. But it's. <sighs> I just I like that it's just fucking shooting aliens, like instead of people. Yeah, like I just don't feel weird about it. It's mm-hmm. just sort of like it's, you'll feel weird when that human skull pops out of one of them though oh, coming man. soon. Surely we saw that in that trailer in that David more. Fincher trailer. Game tonight. <laughs> See, I I agree with you, but only because Halo combat is so weird and exaggerated yeah. and like nonsensical, you right? Because like there's guys glowing with, needles. Yeah, the and there's and like, like shield because to me it just feels like a total contrivance that is. O- that only exists to convey that experience, which I'm totally fine with that right. in a video game, right? Like and also, that's, I, I, but I'm I, getting but physically I, stressed out killing people in games. I know that sounds weird, but yeah, yeah, like, you've mentioned that. Yeah. I've just been having a really, it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, I will murder somebody in Dota. <laughs> no problem. Right. Weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, well, it's an expressly competitive activity where the, the, you're, it's you like matched up against another person, and that's really what's going on. Yeah, but like, I've been it's having a, a real hard a time just like stabbing 
stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why that's why they, all the all the not all but pretty much all of the AAA games I've been playing recently have been these weird ones where I play as these just like ghost guys. You know, yeah. like I I I don't I, even when I it's cra- it's interesting to me how even even compared even in the amount of time that's elapsed since Deus Ex Three, where my first playthrough was nonviolent, but my second playthrough I went crazy murder guy. Even the time that elapsed between then and now, I've like all my interest in playing the murder guy playthrough has like just disappeared. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Except Hotline Miami. Well, that's literally all, the only thing that, that game actually. Oh, except sorry. the game which is footnote only murderman For, footnote. For, I played hot, a footnote. I played Hotline Miami for like an hour this morning or forty five mm-hmm. minutes maybe. Yeah. It finally, like, not like experientially, not like yeah. philosophically, but it yeah. finally, like, mechanically clicked with me, and I yeah. was finally able to do things that I wanted my guy to do. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it was really not. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. I, it was. It was just nice to hear you, like, because I've been. Ta- I think I've been talking positively about that game, but I'm really bad at it, mm-hmm. and now I feel like I'm. A, You're getting what it's about. Well, yeah, I think I knew what it was about, but I was okay. bad at it. Sure. Yeah. Now I know what it's about, and I can perform up to the right. level that it requires to move on <laughs> also as a like parallel little cap footnote of that, that footnote of yeah. a foster wallace Here's my, style. Like, this is this is probably puts for the most part this is like the little end cap on my mar- ongoing mark of the ninja commentary mm. but i i beat the get the turns out the part i was talking about last week where you start getting all these more stealthy things was just like the end of the game so oh. i finished the game but there's a new game plus where you keep all the abilities you had in your original oh, game shit. and the game just gets crazy like so you're stoked about this well there's a funny thing about mark of the ninja where you know you can be if a guy is not actively like shining his flashlight around, you can be just a centimeter outside of his cone of vision and he can't see you, right? Like that's just how mm-hmm. that game works. And so I'm like, wow, these guys just all have fucking glaucoma or something. Like what's going what is going on? In the new game plus, you have that too. It's hilarious. Like you can you can only see a few feet in front of you unless you're like leaning in that direction, then you get an expanded view cone only in oh, that shit. direction. So it though. actually makes it symmetrical. Yeah, or probably at least closer or to closer symmetrical. To it, yeah. Um, it's crazy, but you have, I have my crazy like blink thing or whatever they call it in that game that you get very, very far at the end of the game mm-hmm. or like far into the game in the normal playthrough. So now it's fascinating because I have this combination of a lot of the same perceptual limitations that the AIs have, but I have this rule set that is, that is focused on like extreme silent, quick movement throughout the world. And so it's, it's, it's. So you awesome. like you can like, like blit a, into places, but then there's a guy there. Like, yeah, yeah. So you have to be really. So your ability is incredibly high, but you the stakes are proportionally high as well. So it's not as if your so your decision making has to rise to the occasion. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's I it's awesome. It's like to me, it's of the most satisfying way to play the game that I've experienced yet. And like it, it's I've just it's not a thing that I've. It's not a combination of variables that I've seen used in games very often. It's really cool. It also, it seems like a really good new game plus mode mm-hmm. because you could not introduce no. someone that, or you could, no. but it would not be a game that's as successful as Mark yeah. the Ninja is. It would is, be a weird like, niche game that you've someone put made. Your, yeah. you've, you are intimately familiar with everything now. Get ready to be fucking owned by this thing. Right. But if you, but if you do things well, you can, like, the cool thing about it is you can get through crazy lasers and crazy lasers. You can get, you can get crazy lasers. You can, you can bypass stuff like that just by blinking right through them. Like, so, so if you do rise to the challenge, then you can just skip huge swaths of things. It's like, it's cool. I don't know. It's great. I'm going to end up playing through this entire game again, which I did not expect at all. Um, because I, it just, I'm playing the exact same levels, but it just feels like almost a different game. And you get that, that thing that Steve was talking about with Dishonored that I then 
seconded the week a week later after mm-hmm. our first primary where you can of just being blink boss where you just traverse through a level like just a, a just like a wizard you know where you just bam 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 and you can't quite do that because there's a cooldown on right. your thing but there's the equivalent of it where you like blink through a laser and then know that you can jump exactly this far in front of a guy and just get that chain mm-hmm. through the whole thing you can do that in normal as well but like it just feels it's cooler, really cooler when you, when you, when you know that exactly yeah. yeah it's just amazing it's an awesome feeling Anyway, that's it. Mark of the Ninja seems like a badass game. I need to play more of it than the yeah. demo that I've played. Well, my, and, and, it's, and I, I feel bad for my kind of initial – I feel like I was a little wishy-washy on it when we started talking about it. But, like, it took a while for me to, to really get into this. You seem like you're in deep in Mark of the Ninja. Yeah, point, yeah. And I – yeah. Um, I, I do still wish the skills had been distributed more in a way that would have allowed more of the stealthy stuff just to invest in that yeah, from the game. Yeah, let it come online earlier. Um, because yeah. it just – even now, like – 90% of my skills are about killing guys, which I'm just not interested in. But like, but definitely I'm glad to have invested as much time as I did because I'm just – at this point, my, the experience I'm having is just fantastic. It's just awesome. That's so good best. job, Nels cool. and company. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about that Chris Roberts game? Oh, yeah. Star Citizen? I, Star Citizen? Yeah. Oh, Jake yeah, and I, yeah. Jake and I had a little <laughs> freak out about it. God, we had a little – This is little, not new. Like, this no, is, we had a little <laughs> 90s cockpit freak out because we yeah. finally all sat down and watched all the videos for Star Citizen, yeah. which is the new game – by Chris Roberts, who made, who was at least most well known for the Wing Commander series, yeah, at Origin, and yeah. the Wing Commander movie. That's true. He had a weird, like, secondary career as a movie producer. Yeah, um, he ta- actually. We should talk about that for half a second, just because I read an interview with him talking about the Wing Commander movie, and he basically was just like, "Well, learned a shitload on that." Uh, anyway, like, he's not. He, I've always sort of he's not like creatively proud of it necessarily, no, it, but I, like that, the existence of that movie had always. Um, sort of painted a weird picture in my brain of that guy. Like, I still don't uh, know yeah. what he's like personality-wise, yeah. but it seemed like he made the Wing Commander games, which started off as, um, it, the, you know, they started off as the VGA, all sort of hand-drawn, no 3D elements. Then they yeah. aged up along with the rest of PC gaming and sort of fell into the weird multimedia pit where it was, like, all FMV stuff. And then he launched from there to just cutting the game out entirely and made a feature film. Right. And it, the feature film was basically cutscenes. But the interview with him right. recently was him just saying, whoops, turns out a feature film is not just a bunch of cutscenes. Turns out you have to actually know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sorry That's about cool. that. Yeah. But the um, Star Citizen looks like it really tosses a lot of the multimedia elements out and yeah. it's just back to... Well, I think to... that was kind of a mass psychosis for a lot of yeah. PC game designers in the 90s, right? Where guys who I think they're in their like kind of game design fiber was were not the the desire to just chase the like weird content driven kind of cutscene stuff. But it just like, it took over, right? Like for, yeah. for several years there where that's just every series had its weird, like FMV version or like yeah, just, everything, you yep. know, everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, again, this is kind of like GTA where I feel like we haven't done much more than look at some videos, but, but Oh my God, Star Citizen just <laughs> looks, it just looks like fucking pornography for a 1992 PC gamer. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it... A- Which is actually just pornography for what it's worth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, like, the, That's you know, true. Okay. <laughs> it's one step removed from from that. Yes. <laughs> With the exception of, um, of first-person shooters and, like, maybe a very specific brand of, like, strategy, like, specific kinds of strategy, games now don't actually look like what 
12-year-old 90s you. We're imagining. Like, we're, yeah, that's yeah. not actually yeah. where things went. But then you look at Star Citizen and it's like, like, holy Christ. <laughs> Show this to the me who played Wing Commander and X-Wing and TIE Fighter. And it's Tears. like, oh yeah, this is what game will look like in 2012. Like, of course like, they will. Oh man, you bet they will. <laughs> like, Wing Commander. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Because I know I played Wing Commander 1 and 2 and Chris, you you were more into the I was more into the LucasArts X-Wings, ones. TIE yeah. Fighter ones. But I remember... In Wing Commander, I liked flying the missions, like, and the encounters were really good, but the thing yeah. that always actually grabbed my imagination when I played those games is the whole sort of sim experiential <clears throat> thing, where it's, like, between missions, you go, Absolutely. You go well, sit in the barracks with your bunkmates, you go to the bar yeah. uh, and hang out, you, like, see who's, who's like, the, the hotshot cockpit on the flight wall, yep. and then you go to the hangar and pick your ship yep. and all that stuff, but they were all just, like, single screen 320 by 200 right. uh, SVGA imagery. By the way, that was the one thing I liked about the narrative stuff in StarCraft 2, which was, like, some of the worst story I've seen yeah. in any but game StarCraft ever. StarCraft 2 had that experience, like, too. You're yeah. right, where it was like, yeah. oh, man, I'm hanging out in the fucking bar with my crew? Yep. 90s style. Yep. <laughs> but the, the videos for Star Citizen, just your brain is just fucking... Torn open and squ- yeah. squished all over the screen like a magazine ad for Star Citizen would have <laughs> in 1992. But that that we watched the GDC video that Chris Roberts did this last year where he was just demoing the game and he's like, "Here's the outside of it." You're like, okay, sick. Looks like Wing Commander. It's the cheesy like green, yeah, like desaturated aqua and gray splattered industrial space station, and then we'll go inside. Like, oh fuck, it's a fucking. It just looks like a yeah. Mass Effect bridge well, or something. Walking, yeah. Yeah. Then he just like, your first person walks through the entire yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. it's built in, it's built with Crytek. It's yeah, CryEngine three. Yeah. three. Yeah. So you're looking well, over, and the yeah. fact that it's unbroken. Right, he walks into the hangar. He gets in his ship, all, switching between first and third person. He just climbs in seamlessly. Well, he goes up to the bridge first. He starts yeah, the bridge, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. he walks down to his right. ship. Yeah, yeah, and then he gets in. Ship goes out. Not a single loading screen. Nothing. Then he's just climbs in into a ship space. in first person, flies yeah. the ship in first person, yeah. let's, let's flies go. by the bridge that he was walking in right. two well, minutes ago. You're you're skipping fuck? an entire level of dork of dork suspicious porn, which is climbs up the fucking ladder, sits down, situates the two legs by the pedals, straps right. in the yeah. seatbelt, closes the thing, gratuitously like taps on four right. like little on <laughs> like, on robot hinge touchscreens yeah. to activate the ship, and then takes off in first person. Right. <laughs> And, and then as you and fly, your body movements are the same. Yeah, yeah. It's just Ridiculous. stupid. It's It seems stupid and expensive. But also, but he's, awesome, though. he's been crowdsourcing it between a private site, which is, what is it called? Roberts, uh, Roberts Space Industries. Roberts the Space logo Industries. is fantastic. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah, that and Kickstarter. And they've raised millions of dollars. 4.4 yeah. 4, or 4.6 million, 4.2. Like between Kickstarter and their own. Yeah. It's weird that I'm so excited about this because there's, no, there's next to nothing known about it other than it just looks... Like what your brain wants. Well, it just completely re. It just is the. Yeah, it's exactly what your brain imagined when you were it's, thirteen. It's except now it's a, a paradigm mean, that doesn't exist really anywhere else. We in can't. Games. You can't speak to the quality of the game, but it is. No, it, of course it's, not. But it's pushing the same sorts of buttons that I imagine seeing the first imagery of XCOM did for people who are really right. into old XCOM, where it's just like, yeah. this is a crazy space cockpit action, like flight action sim. But done with all of the dollars that no one would ever give to one of these games. And the, one of the cool, th- one of the things. So obviously, there's a lot of that stuff where it's like, oh, you like hit the throttle and you turn, you yank the stick, and you, you know, pr- like activate shields or whatever. And all that stuff was reflected with your hands and feet mm-hmm. in the actual copy. Like obviously, that stuff was gratuitous. But there's also something I find really cool about just the rigor associated with that from the design side, which is the same. It's not the same, but it's similar like it reminds me of the mentality 
um, expressed by the the SimCity 5 team where they're like, we don't put anything in the simulation unless it is physically also simulated yep. visually in the world. That's- and there's just something about that that I think – Games have so little accountability to them, right? Like, they're all right. made up. Like, you can put anything in a, If you want to, you can just put anything but in a game. It's cool that both SimCity and, like, and, from the sound of it, the stupid uh, Star Citizen cockpit are actually mechanically sound yes. in, in sync with their aesthetics. Yeah, and, like, obviously, yeah. it's a you can still that make any of that stuff basically. up. But, yeah. like, at least they're holding themselves to one level of accountability, which is what they can depict. Those like, SimCity 5 I think videos cool. make your brain also <laughs> yeah. barf out yeah. of your face. Yeah. That's all anything does to me these days. It makes my brain buff out of my face. <laughs> and I just – I like when anyone imposes that kind of creative constraint on themselves, right? Like, I mean, you can still go crazy and, like, they could still be totally gratuitous with this, obviously. But I just like that there's something visual that they have to pay for. Um, Is it weird that we have XCOM and Star Citizen and SimCity 5 and all of these sorts of things appearing? Like Dishonored. Yeah. Is it weird that there are people – like, why are we at a point right now uh, – where we're getting, like, it feels like there was just a 10-year gap, kind of. I wonder if part of that is because, I mean, we've got the super crazy AAA stuff, right, that's still doing its thing. But I wonder if part of it is that a lot of the, like, sort of transient, um, uh, like, people who ha- were into game, like, played games for a few years and this kind of, fe- I have a lot of friends like this, right, who, like, had a comp, maybe had a 360 or maybe had an Xbox One and then just kind of fell out of it. I wonder if the core people who still bother to still actually play games and go to game websites and read all this stuff. Like, I wonder if just enough of those people are the long haul guys who have just been into this stuff for so long that there's actually a bigger than expected addressable market remaining of this group that actually can be targeted. We're just, we're just in a place where that audience again feels monetizable in a way that it didn't for a while. Yeah. Because there was all this other huge, big, and when when like, people can't chase after everyone who has a PlayStation exactly, Two, yeah, you think like <laughs> that's kind of a hilarious. I mean, I, I don't, maybe not. I'm just guessing, but like that seems like <laughs> there might be at least part of that going on. Because I mean, yeah, it's, there's, it just it's feels like that, this, like that audience is just like going, "Wait, you guys are listening to me now right. again? What? <laughs> Why are you making SimCity Five? Why are you making a fucking Wing Commander game? Like, yeah. what are you? Who are you? Yeah, what? Well, and the fact that you can just get money from those people directly now yeah right like he raised four well, and a half even million dollars through crowdsourcing like, through steam like xcom right. surely yeah there's, there's an addressable market there's people whose money is available be it just to buy a game regularly or yeah. to help fund it or whatever like you can i mean then there's a double fund adventure right like there's just all of this shit that is like deliberately i mean then there's a bunch of failed versions of those on kickstarter as well i mean there's not sure. they're not all just succeeding Indefinitely, no, like just automatically. It's but happening I, but I, in it's happening in the non crowdsourced space as well with yeah, things like absolutely. XCOM. Yep, it's weird. It's yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, but is, what, that stupid Star Citizen video. Well, maybe also made me part 12. of it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe also part of it is the fact that in the AAA world, for just years now, the num- the types of games that have been made have just been like narrowing and narrowing and narrowing down to almost nothing but first and third person action games, and like that's just it. Like, if you go to GameStop and just see what the new games are on consoles, like, that's what they are. And there's all these other kind of games that maybe the market can't support a ton of each one of them. But it's like, if you're going to make a good version of one of them, people will get it. Yep. One thing that's worth pointing out about Star Citizen that I was just thinking about is Star Citizen uses CryEngine 3, which means out of the box you get a fantastic physics, lighting, and surfacing, yep. uh, pr- probably content streaming, all sorts of really weird stuff. But a space sim game is probably, or not, it's not a space sim, sorry, a flight action game is probably Con- producible yeah. now. 
in the same for many of the same ways that it was producible in the 90s, which is it seems impressive as shit. But at the same time, what are you accountable for? You're accountable for your space station. Like you're accountable for that bridge, your mm-hmm. barracks, your flight hangar. You're accountable for your your pilotable ships, your enemy ships, and then you're accountable for stars in the background, right? Big fucking yeah. asteroids and planets. Yeah. And then on t- and then anything other than that is pure mechanics. Yeah. Right. Unless you want to inject a bunch of fucking right. cinematics into it, which makes it expensive. But like with the tool set that you have available now, if you're Chris Roberts, you can make the most beautiful one of those ever. Mm-hmm. But the actual asset count is way lower than most AAA games. That's really, it's a good point. That's really it's, true. It, like, and because the and there's, which I'm sure is why, like, I mean, space, 3D space stuff has been impressive as shit for a long time. Yeah, because right. for like like Free Space or Eve Online or things like that look cool yeah. for the same reason. But yeah. no one, no one has taken what seems to be potentially the high producibility of that and put it back into that 90s stuff, which right. is cool to see. And a lot, even a lot of the ways that they tell their purely authored story stuff is super cheap. Like the. The fact that you keep coming back to the same bridge, like I remember, right. you know, I mean, in Tie Fighter, the the kind of recurring thing oh, they had was the little. It's the same way. No, right? I know it is. I'm just this yeah. is like, but the the version, the slightly different version of it they had in Tie Fighter was you're a member of you know the like Empire crazy secret society whatever I don't even right. remember but like but but it was really effective like you come back and as you do these new things you're promo- you're like promote yeah. you this like rising star within this organization but there's always the new sort of the new intrigue that's happening between the commanders of your yeah. specific unit and how that relates out and, and stuff. that stuff is super cheap compared to uh Compared to doing like a bunch of big cutscenes, you're not, and all this. It's not, it's not a road trip story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have that, you're reusing yeah. all the same geo and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like it's, Hubs I mean, it wasn't geo back then, but like you know, the same uh, sprites, the same sprites and, and backgrounds. But, but uh, it is super compelling though because you get familiarized with these characters and yep. with this, you yep. that sort of micro feeling of a big galactic battle was interesting. Yeah, actually. absolutely. Because you have all the you have all the scale you could ever need. With the just being out in space, like right. when you're, you look out when of you're a just window and you're the, destroyed, when you're just telling the human scale story stuff, I feel like you don't need to be bombastic because you have yeah. that. Yeah. Just you have the like grandeur of space that is just yeah, permeates your game already. I remember being really into that when playing Wing Commander too. Like when you'd have, yeah, you just you'd get to know the the five or six other characters that exist in your in your crew, and then when one of them dies out on a mission, and it's narrative centric, but it happens to happen when you're in the cockpit of your ship, it was actually awesome because of that. Yeah, and I don't know what they're planning on doing narratively in Star Citizen, but I hope that it's of that scope and doesn't like have you jumping to fifteen different galaxies and garbage like that. I wouldn't. I don't need it. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. The main character is actually a twelve year old who time travels from nineteen ninety three. He shoots up. He's like, "Holy shit! You're the best pilot around. <laughs> We've been monitoring your progress. We saw you playing X. We saw you playing X Wing versus Tie Fighter. God, yeah. If the story of this is they've been watching his progress in Wing Commander Two because yeah. it's the last Starfighter style, like yeah. it's a fucking. They've just been planting Wing Commander games across the multiverse, and right. this one yeah. kid is the best with his yeah. backwards baseball cap and his flight stick. <laughs> yeah. That's the main We've thing. got your gravest joystick. Right, yeah, it's got the, the super like futuristic uh, overalled engineers like welding his stupid his side, his stupid the... fucking sidewinder into the futuristic ship. Yeah. <laughs> You're all set now. Got your lucky flight stick. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, he's got his stupid uh, PC accelerator uh, like hot chick poster taped up inside of his locker. Right. But yeah. it's just a, a character from FX like, Fighter. It's the or girl something. from the Wonder Years or whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> If it's a if it's a stupid pinup character from a PC games oh, magazine, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, although I guess PCXL probably actually did just have bikini shots. They did, it. Yeah. yeah. That would. <laughs> God, 
Why isn't that what it is? That's probably it, it, it might is. still be. You if know, enough you, of us, if we can, if we can get Idle Thumbs fans to put like two million unique Idle Thumbs labeled dollars into this guy's <laughs> campaign, maybe we can demand that we have authorial control over the backstory and that it's the story of some kid named probably Alex. Who, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's he gets shot down somewhere over an alien planet, and then he's just floating in space, and he misses his mom, and he cries, but then he gets saved. And like some like big badass like space marine like wipes his tears away. He's like, I get scared sometimes too, kid. <laughs> That's what happens, by the way. Space will do that to you. Yeah, and then the You're two a of them. Citizen, now. he's that's that guy who saves him is the guy who he's like. He would never fly with that kid. Like he was always sort of right. rough and dismissive. Right. But then, <laughs> then that guy's like, "I'll be your co-pilot." Like, and he like, well, that main guy. That, that guy I don't know anything he, about the actual mythos, but that guy is just the, probably the main character from Wing Commander Two from the game that he's already played. Oh, like he's the guy that the guy in Wing Commander 2 is based on. Yeah. Like they used his right. story yeah, right. to send yeah, yeah, back yeah. to the kid. Right. So he's like, I've been oh at this God, a long you're, time, kid. You're, you're, but you knew that already. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> also, weirdly, it is Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Luke Skywalker? No, I'm the no. guy from Wing Commander. <laughs> oh, totally. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I'm this guy. And the, uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, if the, final, if the final mission is you're flying, but then he's finally on your radio because he's the guy you like facing the other direction yeah. in, the, in the backwards chair who's, manning, who's firing your missiles. And then or he's he, in his yeah. squadron, obviously. No, he's just yeah. with you. Okay. You're sitting in his lap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's letting you drive the car? Yeah. It's really weird. So you're <laughs> oh just like, God. hit the gas. And then he... <laughs> oh, my <gosh>. Roger. <laughs> yeah, he's dead serious about it. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for Star Citizen. <laughs> that's what I, that's cool. what I gleaned from that YouTube, by the way. Yeah, for what it's worth. Clearly, yeah, it's about baseball kid. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Good. You want to take a break? Yeah. Oh yeah, we need okay. one. Video <laughs> games. Great. I've played five real lives. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. They're always really tragic. Oh no, I had a good one though. Yeah. Yeah. While we're just on, while we were waiting for email. Yeah, I had one where um, uh, I was a woman, and my husband and I um, lived in uh, rural China and saved and saved and saved and saved and saved to when our kids were 17, we emigrated to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. We saved all this money and immigrated to the United States. Legally? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was awesome. But like, we lived in squalor. That was like I was in playing New Orleans. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, in China, oh, okay. the idea was that Amelia and I's strategy was to just keep our diet at meager the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, classic strategy. And as long as we didn't get, as long as we didn't get sick or anything, or like yeah. our health didn't go into decline, just keep doing that. And uh, honestly, the communist healthcare system is probably what kept us alive because really? we always had healthcare. Huh. We never didn't have healthcare. We could yeah. always, yeah, even if it was bad, even if it was bad, we never had didn't have healthcare. Yeah. And uh, that's something that the game is really like teaching me. Like I've played four other, four other matches where I've had matches, four other whatever lives where I've had okay things going for me, like putting money in the bank. But like even with money in the bank, I can't go to the doctor. It's just healthcare is just not available. Right. So I die, <laughs> and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. And it just is really really illuminating. But like even though I've been living under the like living in shitty rural China, because there's this meager healthcare, I was able to move to America right before my kids went to college, and they were basically like I died probably like 20 years later. Mm-hmm. But knowing that my grandkids and stuff were gonna have were like gonna be American citizens, we also wanted to move to um, 
our strategy was move to New Orleans because we don't remember there being a whole lot of good Chinese restaurants there. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of used our really our fun. Western know-how to influence yeah. the lives of yeah. the Powell family, whatever their name. <laughs> yeah. God, I played one though where I was in Mali, uh, which is like sub-Saharan Africa. No, it, yeah, and. Oh, fuck. My dad died when I was three. My brother died. My sister died. And it was just me and my mom. And we both were just like, we were playing like, like musical chairs, except with malaria. <laughs> Jesus. So she'd get malaria. She'd get better. I'd get malaria. I'd yeah. get better. And then I remember over the course of like the, my last three years of my life, just watching my health go into such complete decline. Right. Just watching those bars go, just go down. Yeah. And it went down to nothing. It's like an opportunistic infection has killed you. Like, fuck. I was like 24. Yeah. Male, 24. Working as a subsistence subsistence farmer. She was doing the same. My mom died before my mom. Lame. It sucked. Yeah. That game is so important. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I might be up for my, my idle thumbs goatee. <laughs> but it's from 2010. God damn it. You keep calling it Real Life 2012, but it's Real Life 2010. I know. It's one of those games where I just want to reach out to that company and be like, look, if I raise some money, can you let me do something with this? Like just <laughs> yeah. whatever. I don't know if the engine underneath is accessible to like, yeah. Yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, there's probably not much of an engine, but you know what I mean? Just yeah. what is outputting yeah. the, like how, what is the, what is doing, what is crunching the math, yeah. you know, to make the decisions. I guess if you can, you know, plug into that to make a, I don't know. That yeah. game is so fucking good. Yeah. I just find myself being like, I have 20 minutes. I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, and I can just minimize a light, you know, cause it's turn-based doesn't right. matter. You know, right. I can just live forever on your, on your desktop. Yeah. I just keep playing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> All right. You want to do some reader mail? We should talk about a galaxy. Oh first. yeah. Yeah. We're back now. <laughs> and we're, we're back, still back. Now. We're back. We're back always. We never left. Mm-mm. No break happened. You harassed somebody on Twitter. Yeah, our our friend Aubrey, whose posts online uh, under the name Hilarious Cow, is a developer who formerly worked at uh, Splash Damage. At Splash Damage, he worked on Brink. Um, mm-hmm. He sort of made the rounds on the internet, on like the gaming web last week because of a YouTube video that he put up of a game called Super Meat Boy Galaxy, which was his... Um, it's a birthday present for it, Tommy Refinez. Yeah. The, one, of the, one of the Team Meat guys. Yep. He... Um, uh, Aubrey said in some posts on Reddit about it that he was he did it just sort of out of idle curiosity because people say, oh, X game can never be adapted from 2D to 3D. Uh, I think he was, he was thinking about 2D to 3D, Sonic the Hedgehog, 2D to 3D, Worms, like where everyone just bitches about how moving to 3D inherently fucks everything up. Mm-hmm. And he did this as a sort of a mental exercise to see for himself yeah, what if I took Super that. Meat Boy that is yeah. this crazy it feels very much like it's contingent entirely on its on its 2D presentation and the movement system being used in 2D and adapt it to the spherical uh, Mario Galaxy 3D platform 3D platforming that yeah uh, and it's it's an inter- and he gave us a build that we checked out it's today. a real game it is a real game it's really cool it's a real video game I don't know what to say about it entirely other than it it was super surprising that it 
it actually does allow you to get into that same crazy space that Super Meat Boy does. Yeah. You got into it. Like, I was Chris, watching. Yeah, you put your hands you on like, that and then zend out. It was yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. You were like the, the Power Glove kid from that movie, The Wizard. <laughs> He's the guy who's good at video games? No, you're like the other kid. The kid who went. Like, Chris the, is like the Power Glove kid for sure. Not the good guy. That's usually how I envision myself. So. Yeah. yeah. No, you just totally got in there. You can, def- you can definitely get the same feeling of just like rec- sort of controlled recklessness is how I always is how I feel when I play Super Meat Boy where I always try the thing that I feel like is just beyond the point of safety mm-hmm. right like the, there's like the there's like the uh, amount of time you wait between each jump and then I always want to do the thing where I just erase that time or like I think I'm still operate like I think I'm basically jumping at the right time but like just get shave off like one that, like 16 mic- second yeah that yeah. one bit of like decision making and i try to just not make that decision and instead just deal with the lack of not right. making that decision so right. like correct in the air rather than make the perfect jump right. and like you have the extra like 16 pixels of slide space available to you but why take it when you can just make the jump right. now yeah yeah exactly yeah. and like that's how i that's how i like to play that game and the way that i play super meat boy w- was just relentlessly doing that until i've made it work right like instead of like it's like the that's kind of how I play Hotline Miami. Mm. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah, where I am that's like a good comparison. I could you could stealth it out to the max, or you could sort of maximize wait time, yeah. but it's it's way more thrilling, and also just the loop is kind of built. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For just kick down the door, pick up the knife, throw it as fast as you possibly can. You're you'll probably kill the guy. Yeah. Know, it almost. It, you huh? know what that reminds me of actually? Um, the stuff I was talking about with Mark of the Ninja today. That's what makes that. That's what separates that game for me between that and like Dishonored. Even though I'm now at the point where they, I both have that blink and that stuff. In Dishonored, I'll, I'll still stand there for right. 20 minutes, like I said last week. But in Mark of the Ninja now, in the situation I have where, like, my vision is so constricted that I, I feel like I'm actually more empowered to make weird leaps of faith. And yeah. so I Leap will... Leap of faith is the correct... That's yeah. exactly the feeling. And so I will just try the crazy shit now in Mark of the Ninja. But yeah. It, you know, like, it's, it was cool playing Aubrey's tech demo for... Yeah. Meat Boy Galaxy yeah. and actually especially watching you because you immediately were more adept at it than I was but watching you do the weird Super Meat Boy-esque just jump slide jump 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 across all these things and to the point that it just looks like a weird sort of blur leaping across the screen but seeing it in 3D meant that also you were effectively doing or you were doing things that from halfway across the room looked closer to things like wall runs and stuff like that that you really mm. wouldn't be able to do because the extra axis of movement exists it right. was it made me actually – I know that he just did it as a birthday present and just sort of for laughs, but it made me actually want to see it built out into a full yeah, game. Yeah, like totally. the level is obviously – it looks like he built a sphere and then it's extruded a bunch of faces yeah, yeah, and then yeah, sort yeah. of made a path through them where – whereas the actual Super Meat Boy levels are obviously really, really deliberately yeah, built yeah. and really rigorously tested. Yeah. Whereas you can this, feel in the game the levels not deliberately constructed that yeah. way. But but the mechanics feel like it could support a game that is. It's, it's worth pointing out that the thing that he worked on in Brink, what, it was like the mantling stuff? Is yeah, that, it was the movement. It was all that sort of like parkour-ish like mantling, which like smart for, the smart system, I think they called it. Where yeah, yeah. that was also my favorite thing in yeah, it was Blink. awesome. Yeah, the the traversal or Brink Blink, Blink, <laughs> yeah, in Brink. Oh, Bink. Oh, and Bink video from Rad Game oh, Tools. Oh, you worked on that? Yeah, he he worked on the Rad Game Tools mantling system that's available <laughs> inside of Bink videos. Weird. <laughs> what does that do exactly? Uh, your video crawls up a surface in real time. <laughs> 
Oh my oh, god! So, like you texture map your video yeah. onto like. Speaking um, of a th- uh, speaking of a weird amorphous shape crawling up a surface in real time. Yeah. That crisis GIF. Oh my god! Oh my god! Do you have that? Can we show this to Sean and yeah. get his reaction? We should. We should just preface this though. Yeah. So all right. So people were talking about. Um, our dis- this was in the Idle Thumbs thread on Gaff. Oh my god, yeah, okay. Oh, so you did I didn't this. see it, but oh, okay. I remember no, you guys we were talking, talking we were last talking, week. Yeah, you find the thing. I've so got we, it up. Oh, okay, good. So we were we were talking about last week how the kind of feeling of safety or lack of safety when you're leaning out from Dishonored and like, you know, the the just the weird sense that even though your head is out there, people aren't really seeing you and like the it's just a little it's a bit of contrivance on the part of the game to like make this mechanic work, right? And then and uh Someone was saying on the thread, like they, they were wondering this about Crisis, and so because th- Crisis has this really weird sort of fluid pop up, yeah, from behind where you cover. can like cover into a thing and then like look up and see what's on the other side of the cover. When you do that, you're exposed and like people can see you. So it's a very distinct, two very distinct states from like crouching behind cover and then having full vision from above, from like peeking up above the cover. And so someone like the game does not support a third. Um, third person perspective officially but like someone just you know like did some console command i assume to just force the camera to orbit rather than be yeah. within the the character model and someone made an animated gif of what it looks like with this guy popping in and out of cover and it's incredible we should put this on the blog yeah we'll put this on the Idle thumbs blog it's it's amazing it's basically just the guy like the, cri- the crisis man like crisis just sprouts a like crazy giraffe like bulbous giraffe oh my neck God. that just <laughs> like it just elongates no, his entire him. trunk like, extends yeah. like yeah. a freakish slinky dog yeah yeah it's so good and also because it's a first person game the character model has no head which just makes it look yeah. out of control it's nuts but yeah the, the the way that they achieved that is stupid but then someone after that gif was posted in gaff someone went oh that's why cover's not in multiplayer <laughs> yeah because just this horrible rubber mutant yep. man is there. Yep. Oh, it's it it freaks me out in the same way that seeing like the weird Boston Dynamics robots freaks me out, where your brain just goes. Your brain does weird things yeah, this episode. No, this is like some Exorcist shit. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really good. So we'll put that on the yeah, blog probably. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Oh, I guess let's watch this. Oh, I'm ten times in. <laughs> yep. It's when his It'll head ducks forever. down into his le- into his knees like he's going to barf, but there's no head there. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Super Meat Boy Galaxy reminded me of one thing before we go into reader mail, which is we talked about um, we talked about tennis, that uh, weird sort of competitive single screen uh, tennis game. We talked about JS Joust and a few mm-hmm. other things. I don't know. Did we talk about this last week as well? But um, I don't think so. About the the developer of Quop. And pole riders, and the developer of JS Joust, and mm-hmm. I got I can't remember the other games. Hokra and Hokra um, are doing a Kickstarter called Sports Friends. That is their attempt to actually bring all of those games out on console as a single package. So there's a Kickstarter out now called Sports Friends. So if you've been wanting to play JS Joust and Tenez and uh, things like that that we keep talking about on this cast, and then feel like assholes because no one can actually play them, they're trying to put a campaign together to actually. Mm-hmm flesh those out as a fully featured console and PC release. Yeah, so um, search search for Sports Friends on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's one word. Um, anyway, yeah. Also, if you haven't seen it yet, you should check out our stream of Tenez. Although that game is weird. It was, it was it's goofy. awesome. It, it is awesome. Good. All right, let's do, let's do some rear mail. Uh, Blake Herman writes, 
Uh, as I listen to you guys talk about Mark of the Ninja, I found a couple things interesting. Chris was talking about how he used stealth tactics to tackle the game. And I recall I was also inclined to do that. If I was seen by a guard, I'd restart from a checkpoint. I did it over and over again, playing sections until I got them perfect. This went on until I uncovered one of the new items, the terror dart. Once I got that, I started having way too much fun just watching the guys freak out and shoot each other. I was wondering if you guys ever had experience in games where one new mechanic completely changes your entire approach to a game, like turning you from a stealth sneaker into an outright level-clearing murderer, for example. Thanks, Blake. P.S. The other day I was playing Far Cry 2 and I threw a Molotov into an outpost and the fire got really out of hand, burning out a ton of, land, ton of landscape, and I thought of you guys. Oh, huh, That's adorable. That's sweet. Yeah. Sniper rifles always do that to me. Yeah. Every time I get a sniper, yeah. I'm like, well, that just becomes what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just become the dude from Enemy at the Gates. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely a sniper guy for sure. Once I find one of those, although in general stuff that's purely mechanical, that rarely happens to me because I just won't even try. Like I've already got, like I would never have reached this conclusion this guy did because. I wouldn't even know. Like, you I would have tried the dart. Yeah, I would get the tarot and I'd be like, oh, well, whatever. I guess I have this other tool I'm never going to use. And then I would just never even look at it. Like, I will never use 75% of the abilities in Dishonored or Mark of the Ninja. Like, I'll just never use them. This is not. Which is weird. I don't know if that's cry. good or bad, but it's just like. But I mean, it's. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, they yeah, made their yeah. game to support the way I play it. And yeah. so then I just don't. Yeah. That's you, why I really liked playing Minerva's Den with Steve, actually. Where he's like, well, I really, you know, like. I wanted to give you to give you um, telekinesis up front, so you used it and got used to using it and yeah, enjoyed yeah, yeah. using it. Yeah, because I think it's a cool ability. Yeah. I thought, and I yeah, thought that was great. The way Minerva's Den focused itself really cleanly around a lot of the sort of secondary or tertiary yeah, that stuff was powers that people didn't necessarily or that Bioshock yeah. Two didn't encourage you to use was cool. Where you just became this weird cyber lord inside of Bioshock. Really a lack like, of guns and yeah. a lot of hacking and a lot of yeah. Playing through Minerva's Den where you just yeah. have the sort of like swirling army of like you just yeah, you feel like you've turned Rapture to to you through weird hacking acumen. It's cool. Um This doesn't change my playstyle other than it makes me look like an idiot, but whenever games suddenly partway through unlock double jump. Oh yeah. Oh god. Ruined yep. the game. <laughs> yep, my game it. is aesthetically ruined because I become a hopping lunatic. Yep. Yeah. Like Games that, games that stack jumping mechanics that aren't yeah. even necessary just turn it. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Mark the Ninja, one of the things that you get, um, I don't remember how, like where I unlock this or what it might have been. A, anyway, whatever. At, at a certain, like one of the things my character has in my like optional skills that you can choose from is when you're falling, you can hit you can hit spacebar or I'm playing with the keyboard, but you can hit jump again. And then your guy like glides down softly instead of falling <laughs> down. So, but he, but he like splays out like a flying squirrel. And he has the, he just looks like a flying squirrel. Is it He's actual like, like, like just oh, everything yeah. opens up and then just yeah, good. And so I just I even if I'm falling like three feet, my guy will just like God, like I just can't ever not do that. It's I always just too good. I always do that in the Arkham games and feel like such a oaf, like it's just a doof where Batman's like on top of a car or something, yeah. and then just cape out just like right. to glide that like six feet yep. to the ground. Yep. Cool, yep. <laughs> cool move, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to do the cape thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to flying squirrel it up. Yep. Sometimes you got to snipe a face. Yep. So Sometimes you got to play Taylor, a video game. Halo Four seem amenable to long range stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very arena based. Now, I'm, now I really want to play that game. I was so it's so funny because until You're like Halo Four now. No, I mean I just wasn't. It wasn't that I was like dismissive of it. I just didn't really. It wasn't registering. But yeah, I just yeah. wasn't really paying oh, attention also, one or the other. Pistol but, zoom. Oh my god, pistols. You know <laughs> Pistol Zoom? Halo there's, One there's gonna be all over Halo that. One pistol. They've just never nothing in any Halo game has ever topped that. 
The pistol on Halo 4 is pretty good. Really? It's not Halo 1 pistol, but yeah. I enjoyed sniping yeah. those little... Like, do you know the guys who look like little turtles? You know what I'm talking about? The little, like, the little turtle sort of hands. wacky low-level guys? Like, oh, guys. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like zooming in do on those guys. Do they still have goofy shit? Like the stuff they that they run away? and run away from you. All well, that, goofy, but, but like le- they felt less goofy to me. Yeah, they're, they're, oh, okay. they're like they're sort that's of not like, surprising. Their that barks aren't the, quite the, as ridiculous. That, like, the as non Bungie oh, studio takes over yeah, and it gets yeah. a little less ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah. too bad. Because my favorite thing in Halo is when Bungie just said fuck it and had the skull that you could turn on that made them explode into confetti and like the happy birthday sound. Like, god damn it, way to go, Bungie! Like that was on every headshot. Yeah, that was amazing. What's really fun is you turn that on and then you would like string three headshots together which was just yeah. the best it's like yeah 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 yep. yep. <laughs> so god good. that was so good yeah oh man and yeah i would i would not have expected three four yeah three you were you were hoping for off. the confetti skull though for sure Sean. i've been looking around for skulls do they not are they not doing that we don't know oh yeah there's yeah, there's, yeah. there's skulls in the, in the ui but i haven't found any yet god, well UI. i think the confetti one was just unlocked by default right no no no. it wasn't oh you had to find it still yeah the Halo 4 UI is really pretty, also. That's cool. It's the main menu stuff is very clean. Very modern console UI, yeah, it's good. It's the yeah. flow of it's good. Just thinking about, like, I'm now I'm just, like, you know, paging through my Halo memories in my brain and just remembering just the ridiculous variety of tactics and approaches that those games support. It's, yeah. just, it's just outrageous compared my to, like, My favorite thing, if I could run through that game. game with infinite sniper bullets, infinite pistol bullets, and infinite sticky grenades... A happy man. I you would, would be. but see, that would make it a less less good game because part of what is so great about Halo is those moments where you have to like. Well, now all I have is a needler. Right. Right. The, fucking sweet. Like this but is gonna be crazy. Those are my three <laughs> like, sort of. Those are my three favorite. No, things. no, no. Me too. When you land, a no, 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 totally. Grenade, oh no. Oh my god. I'm totally with you oh, on that. So like, I, if I could. I would just never use anything but those, but I'm glad that that's not an option to me yeah. because I think that would make a weaker game. Like mm-hmm. I love just the desperation not, of having yeah. nothing and then having like, scraps. Halo is not together. a like yeah. scavenge oriented game, right? Like it's not like a survival horror game, but there are still moments where you just end up in those situations yeah. where it's like, well, this is all I, I will got. say Halo Four the first. 45 minutes of it, they do not give you a punch of ammo. That's good. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. We were definitely, Jake what and I were running. What difficulty were you guys playing on? It's normal. Normal. Jake okay. and I were running around the, like a, a battlefield, like just searching bodies. Mm-hmm. And we ended up with like sort of just a hodgepodge of. What Sean wanna... doesn't know is that I was picking up every weapon and throwing it down pits. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I want to, I want to, uh, we have to, we have to, um, after we like kind of get into the game a bit, we have to do, we have to start a legendary playthrough and just fucking go for it. Yeah, it'd be fun. Because that shit is the best. When you're like co op legendary and Halo. And you get out of a big fight, you're like, holy fuck, like, we did it. Yeah. That shit is like. Also, because it's, it's co op because you, you respawn if you're. Yeah. Which is nice. If your buddy is still alive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. playing on a super hard difficulty isn't yeah. like. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Life running. Yep. Um, all right. Let's see here. Jonathan Ness says, hey, Thumbs Crew, I was wondering about your thoughts on something. <laughs> That's why you wrote in. I love games, but I'll admit <laughs> I'm not good at them. My first priority when starting a game is to navigate to the settings menu and go to easy. Uh, I've been ridiculed by my friends for this, but you jerk I've never felt a need to Sorry. be any other way. Nick Brecken is Nick smirking Brecken at you right now. He's, <laughs> he's folding his arms. Yeah. He's got mirrored shades yeah. on probably. Cigar. Then Nick Brecken started XCOM on normal and not classic. So fuck that guy. Uh, that's what they say anyway <laughs> so that's what they say um, anyway this guy uh, Jonathan Ness says that all changed last fall when I got Dark Souls oh. kind of on accident I had no idea what I was getting into and the guy at GameStop told me I should check it out until it was too late my mind and my outlook on what I consider quality in games changed I would run through FPS's and RTS's uneasy and just forget what I just played but this was a game that forced me to stop and think my hyperactive thumbs soon learned to be as still as I discovered every corner held a danger that what, what happened to his thumbs? They're hyperactive. But oh, then they, they then they turn into a different kind of thumb. Oh, they were still thumbs. Oh, mm. Mm. 
That and the total lack of explanation for the world, your path, the level system, all confused and fascinated me. Uh, my question is this. Dark Souls is an open world game that contains no map and no navigation system. There is essentially only two levels in the game, and they're both huge. You can get lost easily and often in the beginning, but this changes radically as the game goes on. Suddenly you know every tiny nook and cranny of a world that seems too big and con- that initially seems too big and confusing to understand. How do you think that difficulty and level design are connected, and is that connection deeper than people give it credit for? Thanks for making me laugh, John. Well, this is fucking Nick Brecken's vindication, this email here. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, this started off as... <laughs> yeah. But I refuse to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the question and I refuse to acknowledge it. <laughs> I mean, I think there's a lot I think there's a lot of validity to what he says. Yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the only game I've really played that has this that I felt that way in recently, I guess was probably uh, Daisy. Mm, yeah. yeah. No map, no anything, just mm-hmm. unrelenting just there's nothing and also, there's no the there's no difficulty. There's just other yeah. people who are better right. than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which is sort well, of it's the same with imp- like Dota. For, for yeah, example. just sort yeah. of implicit difficulty. Competitive games are different, though, right? Yeah, a little bit. And I wouldn't call DayZ necessarily competitive. No, it's not. But I, you're right. It's not. Multiplayer it's, games yeah, are different, yeah, is yeah, what yeah, I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know. Like, I'm. Uh, there's the the, the, the the thing that one of the things that makes multiplayer games different than single player games with respect to this stuff specifically is the way that unknown stuff is revealed and comprehended. Right. You know, like in there's, un, there's lots of unknown stuff in Dave Z, for example, but a lot of it is just like how just being outwitted by another person. Like, whereas in, in dark souls or, um, you know, it, really just any single player game where mystery is important. Mm-hmm. There are things that you will just, obs- that will like that exist passively that you just, come to get accustomed to or like come right. to find with but but on your own entirely like without without the um uh deliberate um what's the word I'm looking for but like uh they're they're not being forcibly inserted by somebody else who is like right. who is there like outwitting you or being better than you it's not that it's right, just right, you right. against purely the unknown which there's something really wonderful about uncovering those things. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard because I just haven't played this game and it's hard for me to, yeah, yeah, I should just play it. Like at this stage, like there's sort of a critical mass of, yeah, of good things from people who are smart. So, I mean, what do you think about, I haven't really played much dark souls, but I played a ton of demon souls and like, it's very similar. I mean, it's, well, it's not similar in the, in the structure he's describing, Mm -hmm. but it's very similar in terms of just that feeling of you're just dropped into this place and, and there, and it fe- when you start playing the game, it kind of feels like one of those games that's just hard, right? Like, or at least when I started playing Demon Souls, I'm like, well, this is just hard. I'm just dying a lot. It's just hard. But that's not what it is. Like, you start to realize over time that it isn't that. It's just you need to you need to be observant and careful, and and you need to make the deliberate choice to try and understand things, which a lot of games really don't ask of you at all. Of course not. Like a lot of games will just let you just bang your head against the wall until it works or they'll guide you through it very carefully. Right. Um, Demon Souls and presumably Or they're Dark completely Souls. predicated on overt displays of yeah. so you understand the game. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what we were talking about in Halo yeah. 4 at the beginning. It's like the game is all about visual communication. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. 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 The soul, well, there's some of those things that are similar because in souls, you really need to learn how to read your enemies in really concrete ways. Mm-hmm. So because a lot of, because the combat is very much on just being better than the AI is being right. like, just, you, you know, it's very fa- The fights are all fair in when you're just going up against just a guy, like a guy with a halberd right. or whatever, like that's fair. And it's it, the reason the difficulty works is because it's fair. Right. You know, it's not just. He's not just arbitrarily going to win. Like it's not just like an, a deep level of Pac-Man where the ghosts are really fast. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's like uh, a deep level of Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just the, on its deepest levels. Yeah. Pac-Man. But but a lot of the stuff with the but a lot of stuff with like the sort of world, the stuff that's embedded in the world and like just the way the broader system works, those are things that that are like very obscured in a lot of cases. And you just have to be willing to observe and to figure things out and to think about stuff. And that's really cool. There's something really wonderful and magical about that. Uh, and that's something, you know, a lot of games just don't even try to be that. Like, oh, like that eighth dungeon in Pac-Man. <laughs> the board, you mean? The eighth board. Eighth board, yeah. yeah. I call them dungeons. Hmm. I call every video game level a dungeon, though. That's where I was raised. That was sort of the term. You're raised in a dungeon? I want to play the second dungeon of Halo 4 tonight, but I don't think we're going to be able <laughs> <Yeah>. to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any more mail? Uh, what do you think? Let's find out. Let's look. Maybe no. If you have... Um, something you want us to talk about, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net. Henry Torres says... Like Henry did. Like Henry did. Oh, Henry. <laughs> hey, Thumbs. Oh, hey. Hey, Hank. Chris, given your education background in music, what sort of technical factors do you listen for when deciding if you like a piece of music, soundtrack, or composer in video games? Are there composers you feel stand out for good reason or don't get the credit they deserve or even get too much credit? Thanks for taking my question. Happy forum poster, Henroid. Um, I don't really think I listen for technical things. Um, although... I guess related to that, there are tropes that I strenuously dislike at this point because they're just beat into the ground beyond any Aww. hope of, yeah. Speaking of yeah. that, it was actually really refreshing to watch the Star Citizen stuff and have yep. it be space stuff that was actually just sort of an interesting, weird, melodic thing and not yeah. just guys going, yeah. oh, or whatever. Orchestra, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, Latin choruses, stop doing it. If you're writing music for a game... Maybe don't have 5-4 or 7-4 time with Latin choruses. Don't try to sideskirt that by having a Sanskrit chorus. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you're just immediately a cliche. Like, you just, as soon as you make a choice like that, you're just, you're just a hack. Like, I mean, and I'm sure in a lot of... <laughs> Take that. What? Am I wrong? Like, I'm sure in a lot... No, Shots look, fired. I'm sure there are, I'm sure a lot of those cases are composers who know better, but the, like... I don't know, the creative director or like the marketing Oh, odds are high that someone says, what if something? it sounds like this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that shit is just the worst. Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I mean, it probably wasn't the worst one day, but like so at some point in history. But like at this point, it's just, I, I feel, how can you even like want a thing that just literally sounds like every other thing? When did that really start in media? Like, is know. that like a Lord of the Rings? No, it was before, before that, that for sure. sure. It was probably before that. Yeah. I feel like for a while it was just straight oh, up. Oh, it was in Phantom Menace. Oh, I bet you're right. Phantom Menace went a long way towards pushing that, I'm yeah. sure. I think for a while, instead, That's like, for a while it was just like Carmina Burana, right? Like, it was right. just the actual, like, Carl Orff, like, kind of progenitor of that in the popular consciousness. But, at a, and like, that just used to be used in a lot of things. But now people just do their, like, third rate knockoff of that. You just bang that out, and it's yep. just it's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. And the but yeah, that trailer we watched for Star Citizen, it got into kind of cliche military yeah, drum like military stuff. Yeah, military or whatever. But like call that, uh, yeah. like snare, like kind yeah. of drum and fife kind of stuff. But yeah. like the first few minutes of it were just really gorgeous yeah, nice. orchestral stuff that reminded me of like Homeworld or something. Yeah, right. Where you just have really nice orchestral soundtrack in space, like that works really well. And it's there isn't enough of it that exists for it to be cliche yet. So it's so it's totally fine. Um, and flotilla. Oh my god, yeah. So duh. good. I mean, just, I don't know. If you're making music, just do something that doesn't sound like every single other thing, or at least try yeah. to do that. Like, that's the important thing. Well, I think. It, like, for a long time, and I've always been meaning to stream this one night at like two in the morning when yeah. I'm up and just in a weird space. Yeah. But, uh, space is i would play endless space that that or that oh, space, space engine space, oh, space engine, engine. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry oh and you'd put on you and i would just put yeah. on like yeah like like an italian 
opera singer. Right. It's just one woman. Yeah, yeah. And just just go. Yeah. Just speaking of that, yeah. here are some things that are underused in in games, like a single human voice rather than just like an infinite chorus of them. A single violin rather than yeah. just. 25 string sections all just playing chords in a row like yeah. i mean just i don't or know those are things actually the melody I mean, I'm, yeah not to like toot our own horn but those are things uh we really put like so jared emerson johnson does the music for like everything i've ever worked on with jake yeah. uh, telltale but we really when he reduced stuff down in the walking dead to just yeah. like a cello just yeah oh so oh so good yeah. it made every scene so much better like oh it can make music can make shitty work awesome. <laughs> like it can make me having done really bad work. Um, Another thing that I yeah. always think is cool that like we didn't we we don't really do and not a lot of people do is mixing diegetic and non diegetic music. Right. Yeah. So we really I wish there was to, so much you know more of that. In this games. is a, this is a, like a mini spoiler, but it came out yesterday. Um, so episode five is out and the tr- the credits music of the Walking or, Dead. Yeah, yeah, the credits music. Um, sit through it because uh, it's a song that I absolutely love and it was part of. Probably the whole conception of the story was me just like driving around in my car listening to that song. But I was bending over backwards to figure out how to get it actually into mm. the game. Mm-hmm. Like into just have it into be the non- world itself. Yeah, just yeah. have it be non, not like coming out of a radio, but just like non, like just soundtrack yeah. score. Non, non-diegetic. Yeah, non-diegetic right. score. Yeah. And we didn't. Like in a it. Martin Scorsese movie or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I feel like, God, I just wish I could go. That's one but, of those things. Yeah. It's, that is so hard to do in games. games it's been so much harder and I'm like, to oh. do in games than in a movie. Beyond Good and Evil did a really good job of mixing diegetic and non-diegetic. Red Dead like, Redemption. Mm. That's what everybody talks about. Oh, Red Dead, Dead Redemption. Right. Well, Red Dead Redemption, there's not a lot of in-world music. I guess there's occasionally characters playing a thing. Oh, man. What, was it? Is it Stalker? Oh, where the guy's playing where the guitar, guy's playing guitar? Walk out at the beginning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah but that's cool. a Chernobyl, not Pipriot. Okay. Maybe he doesn't Pipriot, but, but they definitely do it in Chernobyl. Beyond Good and Evil was a game that I thought had a really good mix of atmospheric music and then when just... When you walk into, like, the But then, the like, when you walk into Mama garage. Go Garage and yeah, it's, just playing, it's playing yeah, the yeah, Mama yeah. Go Garage theme and yeah. then action music shows up and it feels completely different than yep. the environmental music that yep. feels more responsive. That game was a fantastic example mm-hmm. of just a ton of variety of feelings, but it yeah. all felt really cohesive. Also, it was funny doing, like, when I was working the music for 30 Flights of Loving... Uh, the like what was originally the main theme for the game ended up becoming a thing that that Brendan just had playing out of the radio. Oh, the, the start... piano arrangement of it. Yeah, yeah, and that wasn't intended for that that purpose originally when I was writing, like when I was recording that version. But like, it ended up just being a really cool thing, or it was just this little like. It's cool the, the way that he diegetic... ended up making that choice, where you hear that as uh, diegetic on the radio, and then when the car crashes at the end, and you hear the string arrangement of it, right. or the guitar yeah, arrangement yeah, yeah, yeah. of it non-diegetically inside of the museum space it ended right. up feeling really really cohesive yeah. and cool yeah. yep that guy's smart <laughs> yeah brendan uses music really well in his games yeah uh, i think we're done freakishly well i think video games are, are complete video games video games <laughs> no, this one's like, blah, 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 blah. we're done thanks bye oh so, there are you happy now